I'm also laughing because I've been binging all the podcasts to prepare. Okay. And so I feel like y'all have been in my ears for like weeks now. And then like now I'm with you guys. Which ones did you do? Uh, I did Shree's, Lori Dunsey's, I did Yash's, and then I did Your Friend from Greece. And then the most recent one y'all did. I don't know if I said this last time, but you should listen to Golden's. You know, the guy who was on the game. Yeah. Tonight, so. Okay. I'll go listen to his as well. Yeah. Because he's, he's quite a bit about America. Ooh, I should have. Yeah, I should have checked him out. I listened to the girl who was American because I was like, I wonder what she says. And she said some really cool stuff. And like her podcast also sounds really interesting. So I'll try to Ooh. follow that sometime soon. But yeah. Whereabouts in um, Texas do you live? Dallas. So North Texas. I was hoping you were going to say Houston. Why? So then, then I could have been like, Houston, we have a problem. Oh, <laughs> I knew it. That's then. terrible. I guess I'm going to use the last one. Um, That's the last one. She didn't get one. No. I don't know what you're talking about, to be honest. Oh, yeah. No, I said Dallas. That wasn't the last pun. Wait, oh, my uh, God. Okay, Fine. If you want to get away with that, you can, but <laughs> can't say that. It's great. On the spot as well. Phone ever at me. Hello, guys, and welcome to episode 34 of The Third Wheel. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Conway. And I'm your other host, Hamish. <laughs> <laughs> I swear you always screw up the intro. No, no, no. No, one, uh, no, no one's going to see that. It's cut out. Okay, okay. Like, what are you um, doing, Aaron? The intro is perfect. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> um, and we're joined today by Noreen. S- I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce your surname. Okay, yeah. Uh, you to introduce yourself. Yeah. Hey, guys. My name is Noreen. Um, I'm from Dallas, Texas, originally. And then I now live in London. And in between, I lived in Atlanta, Georgia going to uni and I studied what poli sci and sociology in my undergrad and then I moved to London to do my master's which is how I met you fools and your extended group of fools and so I do my master's there now and I did one in Islamic studies and humanities and the second one in tourism environment and development at King's College London so yeah that's my academic background (laughs) did you say you live in London now yeah, so I mean, well, right now I am in Or Texas. you will be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the goal is to get back to London. I think now I'm in the race of like, I have a visa that's expiring. Like I never thought I'd be one to face immigration issues. Like you hear about those stories, but here I am like thirsting yeah. for a visa, which is not the story of like an American person normally, but here I am. So yeah, I'm like trying to get back in the UK on like a work visa now. Okay. That's what I'm up to. Yeah. And then, so where were you born? I was born in Dallas, Texas, which is where like right now, because of COVID, I came back to like my hometown. So I grew up like 45 minutes outside of Dallas, which is a city or a town called Colleyville. It's like the whitest place on the planet for the most part. And like sprinkles of brown, if you are into that. And then, so I lived here most of my life and then moved to Atlanta, Georgia, when I was going to uni for four years. So before I was in America for a little bit, I always thought of Texas as kind of like a desert. Yeah. Like that's that's the kind of oppression I kind of got from like films or TV shows and stuff like that. In my head, I still see it as a desert. desert like, Yeah, but it, it, I think it's quite an up and coming like, where well, everything's up and coming now, but <laughs> it's, I think it's supposed to be, or at least some parts of Texas anyway. Oh, yeah. It's so supposed think- to be like quite modern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like Austin, I always tell people this, I'm like, don't come to Dallas. Like there's nothing for you here. It's all like shopping. Like we invest a lot in our shopping, not even malls anymore. Now they've learned like you can utilize the outdoors and you can have outdoor walking areas. Like that's a new concept to Americans, like walking 
and outdoors and not for like sports or hunting or something like it's really sad. So now we shop outdoors. And so that's kind of all there is to do in Dallas. And then like, I think Austin's kind of like Austin's lit. Like Austin's like the place to be if you're going to be somewhere in Texas, but actually it's not all desert. Actually, I have a very vivid memory of like being in like a childhood geography class and like all four landscapes of America, like that America has, except for like Alaska, which is like Arctic sort of all the other four kinds of climates that we have in America all meet in Texas. So if you go out West of Texas, you'll hit the desert where I am is a little more foresty or a little more green. And then I think as you go further and further, like we have a beach in the South and it gets greener and greener as you go East. So it actually has like all four kinds of climates meet in the state of Texas. Fun fact. Okay. I, I, (laughs) yeah, I want to go Austin, but more for, do you know the TV show Friday Night Lights? Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That's in Austin, isn't it? Dylan Austin. I don't know if Dylan's a real place, but it probably is. I'm not I wouldn't be shocked. And like I lived so Friday Night Lights is like really close to my heart because I was in marching band in high school. And so every Friday night I was at a high school football game for the four years that I was in high school here. Hamish, Friday Night Lights is like a TV series, like a teen TV series uh based in Texas and it's all centered around like American high school football. Okay, what's marching band then? Basically, marching band is like, it's really big in Texas. Like almost every state has a marching band if they have a football team, but it's really big in Texas as a, com- as a competitive sport or as a competitive activity, more or less. And so basically like you play your instrument while marching and like marching has like a very particular like order type way, that kind of thing. And you have to play music. And like, if you look and at the it, drums um, and like trumpets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. our drum line was like number one in the nation. Like I, our, when I was in high school, our drum line was like the shit. And they were also very attractive. So it was a great time. It was really great. Well, what did you what did you play? I played clarinet. And so I was deemed like okay. the lamest of the bunch. As far as the hierarchy and band goes, you have like the drum line, which is like the cool kids. And that like, they're also the kinds of guys that like break the rules and like did drugs in high school, but they could get away with it because they were so good at drum line that the school was like, oh, we can't like fire, like we can't suspend these kids because they're so good at what they do. And then, yeah, it was, oh God, guys, literally, I should tell you all this because I think it's really funny and kind of strange quarantine behavior. But in the past week, there have been two Facebook groups created on Facebook. One is my high school, like alumni page that they just started and they were like, oh, like, let's check in and see how everyone's doing. And like teachers are on it and like alums are on it from like literally the past 20 years or something. And mind you, my high school graduating class was 600 kids. So like, that group is huge and has weirdly blown up. And then one person mentioned that like, oh, like who's come out since college, like as LGBTQ. And that post got deleted because I live in a conservative ass town. And so they started a second group that's like, you know, you can curse here and you can be LGBTQ here or whatever. So all this drama has erupted and I'm seeing all these like old drumline people and band people and like all this kind of weird behavior. And it's all, I'm pretty sure because of quarantine, because who actually cares about what their high school friends are doing now, (laughs) especially if you've never seen them, but this is some new kind of quarantine behavior for you in Texas. I'm I'm always amazed (laughs) at like when I hear about and like watching Friday Night Lights, how big like high school sport and like college sport is in America. Like you've got stadiums as big as like the professional sports here. Yeah, yeah. And like people, I guess, so in Texas, like people going to watch high school kids play football. You know, at the time, I thought it was completely normal. And it wasn't until I moved to the UK that I was like, oh, so y'all don't make a big deal out of your high school kids? Like, why not? 
Like, why aren't we all trying Only to if work? you're, like, related to them or, like, friends with them, but not, like, just because I live in the same town. So I think it, but I'm telling you, it depends so much. So the area that I live in, I think I had a very unique experience. I don't think this is representable of all Americans. Being in Texas, I also lived in like a very competitive region. So like the high school next to mine, which is called Trinity High School, they have a contract with Nike for their high school football team because they create amazing college ball players. My high school had some college ball players that came, like they go straight to college ball and not straight to the NFL, but they may go straight into like the baseball league, the NLB. I know some of those from my Mm -hmm. high school. My area also has a lot of ex-sports stars that live in my area. And so they fund a lot of the sporting equipment. So recently we built an indoor football stadium to train in on my high school grounds. They like knocked down all the tennis courts. And built this well, because of quarantine. No, no, no. Just because that's where they wanted to put their tax money. Like it's just, it's a, it's really to another level. But it's just because of the area that I live in. I think average folks would have like a very standard. Like I go to Friday night games. We all get over it the next day. But the area I grew up in was just really grossly invested in football. And I now, you're right. Like looking back at it, I'm like, they're they're teenagers. Like why are we? Why are we doing this? Kind of creepy to a degree. I sh- I struggle with Americans. I know it's okay. I kind of do too. I want to give up my American card, but I can't because my accent gives it away. (laughs) Y'all. Y'all. Do you say y'all a lot in, I feel like Texas is a kind of place, again, this is probably just stereotypes, but like Texas seems like a place where they'd say y'all a lot. Yeah, we do say, I think most of America does say y'all now because it's just become, it used to be quite exclusive to us in the South, but now it's quite spread out. But when I'm in London, people think it's really cute that I genuinely say y'all, but it's because it comes out. So like when I go to the gym and I'm saying bye to like the front you know, the front uh, staff and I'll be leaving the gym and I'll be like, bye y'all, like see y'all later. And they're like, oh my God, she said y'all. And I'm like, eh, I come here like four times a week. How many times are going to do this? It's definitely common now, but in London, they still find it. Or in the UK, they I've never heard a British person say it. No, we wouldn't say it naturally. We'd say it like if we were taking the piss. Which you guys always are. It's a consistent lifestyle. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, just sarcasm is just a very british thing such british thing i like couldn't communicate uh, with the brits when i first moved there because it was like <laughs> a, it wasn't even about the language barrier it was about like an intellectual barrier where i was like humor. where are you it's going different humor this? don't you think yeah yeah definitely yeah. and it's it's really difficult but it's difficult to catch on to because it is so dark and it's so mean that you have to be like why is why does this person hate me like what have i done and then you have to take a step back mean? it's mean for american standards definitely but then we also get Another British like stereotype is that we're very nice, like we're very polite. No, don't worry. I've been telling people over here, like they always tell me, they're like, oh, they're so polite. I'm like, no, they're not. Yeah. Break that stereotype. I'm <laughs> telling you right now. Okay. So it's like, so in America, people think, yeah, British people are very polite. But then once you actually came here, you're like, okay, no, that's just wrong. <laughs> that's just, just absolutely wrong. Like they'll, it, they'll rip you apart. They might be polite to foreigners. But y'all also have to make mm. up for the fact that you guys like colonize the planet. So maybe that's just like you guys trying to make up for that. But like deep down, y'all are some dark and twisted people, man. Like, I feel like that's when I feel like that might be when you get to know us. Yeah. Then 100%. We start to get darker. But if it's just like a total stranger, we're very polite in general. Oh, no, I was just going to say we start polite and then it kind of, yeah, it depends on how. How, how close you end up being to the person or how much you think they can take in a joking level. I think that's one thing I've heard a lot where it's like, oh, like, can they handle the bants or like, can they like take it okay. or whatever? And I'm just like, 
okay. Like it's, it's a really foreign concept to me. It's never something I've used or said in America or thought about in America. But I do think it, it does get darker as you get to know people. And then it gets really like, people seem to know a lot of dark secrets about each other, or at least they make them seem really dark. Like they'll be like, oh, mm-hmm. he sat on a cat once and they'll make it sound like he just like kills cats for a living. Like it's a really <laughs> extreme <laughs> behavior. It's because it's zero to 100. So like, from my view, from Americans make things really dramatic that we consider really minor. So like our level of like, you know, oh, they messed around is like a lot higher. Like they did something they shouldn't have. And then when we also explain it, we, I think we explain it in a more like, good in a more storytelling manner. So it's like more interesting. But isn't that dramatic? It's dramatic, but like for their levels, considering what they consider dramatic, I feel like we sound extra dramatic. Yeah, like, like I think I, I agree to this. You know why? Because I used to be... So I was an Anglophile. Is that what they call it when, you used to, when you're when you obsessed with British culture? Is that the term? Never heard oh, of the word. I, d- I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing. There's 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 a term for people that are obsessed with British culture. I don't know what it is. Okay. So someone's going to correct Anglophile me. sounds... That sounds right. Ish. Yeah, that makes but it sense. also... Yeah, yeah, it'll work. So it'll do. We're going to... Well, that's what it's going to mean for the duration of this podcast. So when I was growing up, I used to be an Anglophile. Like I was obsessed with Harry Potter and then Downton Abbey. And then this is when I started branching into my One Direction phase. And while I was in my One okay. Direction phase, I got really into Skins. And I was like a 15 year old, 14 year old watching Skins and being like, these British people are crazy. Like this is insane. So I think y'all's life skins? is just... What <laughs> is Skins? It's a... Uh... <laughs> TV show on Channel 4, or not anymore, but um, it's just like a teen, teen school kind of TV show, oh, really. Okay. But it's like About wild. like sex and drugs and yeah, kind of school life here. Like the Inbetweeners kind of Hamish, but oh, okay. maybe not as funny, <laughs> in my opinion. Or... It's not funny. It's not funny at all. Yeah. Um, it's more dark and... So dark. Like stressfully more dark. More drama. Yeah, yeah. But that, that, if you've seen Skins, Downton Abbey, that's that's quite a lot of like British, a core part of British culture for Actually, most people. Anglo- yeah, Anglo, excluding right? Hamish. Anglo. <laughs> so wait, why do you exactly like love the British culture so much? Like, what is it that from way back as well? Like Skins yeah. is an old show, and yeah, yeah. I think One Direction when, was... when it broke out was. Yeah, I was a whole, I was a big One Direction fan. I've like met them twice. Like my friends all knew it. (laughs) For my sweet 16, my best friends got me a cardboard cutout of Zayn Malik, like a life-size cardboard cutout custom made for me. Oh, Zayn Malik. Okay. (laughs) Um, It was just nice to see a brown boy doing things. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even mad. Like I'd never seen a brown kid like. Make it. Yeah, make it and make it in the West, right? Like. I, someone asked me once, they were like, oh, but you have brown people in Bollywood, you know, you've got an entire industry full of brown folks. And I'm like, that's not the same thing as a brown folk that speaks English attractively. To be, yeah, I'm trying to think, I'm like, surely Zayn Malik wasn't the first one. Dev Patel. Who's Dev Patel, Patel, yeah. Yeah, Dev Patel, was, Slumdog Millionaire was like the big one for him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then that was, that was before One Direction, right? Yeah, that yeah. was when I was 13. One Direction wasn't until I was 15. Wait, did someone die recently? Either it was Slumdog Millionaire or something like that, that the main actor of it died. No, not Slumdog Millionaire. Or Life of Five. One of the two. I don't know which one it was. Oh, yeah. You know, the uh, the guy in Life of Pi. <laughs> Have you seen Life of Pi, Marie? I can't remember it, no. You, you probably know the actor. He is, is a really famous Indian actor. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He died. <laughs> I think it was yeah, yeah, um, he died. Rishi Kapoor, probably. Uh, is it Rishi Kapoor or Farah? 
Ifran Khan. Ifran Khan, yeah. Those two, they both started oh, pr- like 24 Not Ifran Khan. Uh, Fan Khan? I, d- I don't Irfan, know how you pronounce that. No, you're yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, good good call. But he's, yeah, still from India, like still quite Bollywood-based. So I think just seeing someone like Zayn Malik, a mainstream brown boy, living his best life. And, I mean, I don't think he's the best example now. I'm glad that we've evolved away from that. But, like, at the time... Who like, do you think's the best example now? I think now there's... Let me think. That's a great question. I don't know why I said that without having any recollection. Actually, there's there's um, Kum- Kumaj... Oh, Kumal Nanjiani. Yeah, yeah. Kumal. I really um, like him. Oh, oh, of course. Like, you had, like, Hassan Minaj and, like, these dream yeah. brown men. Why do I feel like I have no idea who you're talking about? Hasan Minaj, man. Okay, so Hasan Minaj, I know a lot of brown boys who don't like him because they don't like, they aren't fans or they don't think he's funny. And I saw him like live before he blew up. And I think he, his whole humor, his whole like shtick is like being brown in America. And he grew up like probably five or six years prior to us like existing. So he's seen America like pre 9-11 fully. I kind of just remember pre 9-11 life as like a five or six year old. And so I just remember the day of and then like the year after what took place, like incidences that would take place when I was growing up. But he remembers it fully. Like, what was it like before being brown and no one knowing him as a Muslim or whatever? And what happens after 9-11 and how that's like shaped his identity and stuff. Mm. So that's his like shtick. And then he like makes it comedic and relatable. So, yeah, there's a few of them because I don't know how to pronounce it again. Kumal Nanjiani. Yeah, he's a comedian as well. Aziz. Aziz is a big one. Yeah, the comedian again, slash actor. I feel like there's a lot of them just capitalizing on like being brown in America and just making a joke about it and <laughs> getting big. <laughs> I support it. No, I'm kidding. I think it's just, it's cool to see though. I think there's a lot more representation, conversations yeah. happening, even if it's not being executed successfully. Mindy Kaling just came out with a show literally two weeks yeah. ago or three weeks ago. And that one's gotten kind of mixed reviews from brown folks who were hoping it would be like the holy grail type brown show. But actually, it's fallen a bit flat. Well, she, she's maybe bigger than all of them, really, from being on The Office and then... Yeah, 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 yeah. Priyanka Chopra. Yeah, she's done one. Has made it, Preston. She married a Jonas, for God's sake. She's, yeah. she's, she is right <laughs> with us. Yeah. So what, was it then Zayn Malik that kind of got you into the kind of British culture? I think so. I think it was all of them. And I think it was really easy then from like Ollie Murs, Zayn Malik, like the One Direction <laughs> crowd, Ed Sheeran. That was probably my first time hearing about all these people that weren't American. And and then I that was the first time I learned like that the UK has its own like music industry. Like you guys have your own artists that mm. are local to you guys. Ellie Gold like and then I realizing that like Ellie Golding's British, Adele's British. Like there's so many big British artists that aren't in America, but I never knew about them. And I think as a kid I've always been infatuated with Harry Potter and living in London, that kind of thing. So it's always been kind of on the wish list of life, but I never thought it'd be an actual reality. So I think, especially now during quarantine, while I'm like sitting at home in Texas, nothing going on. And when I think about like living in London, I'm just like, wow, like I was minutes away from like the British Library or the British Museum and I can like walk everywhere. Like what a concept. Like I can't walk anywhere here. It's so difficult. (laughs) And so I think you just take it for granted. So especially now during quarantine, I'm kind of reflecting and just like, damn, like you got to live the best life in London for almost three years as a student. It was great. But you're hoping to be back. So yeah, totally. That was a... That was a mad spiral because she started <laughs> off on how she grew up in um, Texas and then we went to comedians and everything. And now she's back to oh, everything so convenient in London. Now that she's here, I'm like, what? I'm just wrapping <laughs> it back all together, man. I'm trying to give you content, <laughs> quality content. 
<laughs> and now that you landed back in London <laughs> in your story Shree's birthday and that's where I first met you and that, that's where I remember like raw like you just kept talking and talking. I'm like raw someone that, that's not a rude thing by the way that's not a rude wait wait, wait that's not, no, no, this is a British American gap in it that's not meant to be rude <laughs> Any, anyone who knows me knows that wouldn't have been rude as well so I was just kind of like talking about like how I wanted to go to New York etc and then you were like oh this that 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 was quite good so yeah, and then after that how did it happen? Oh yeah, so when lockdown started, we started Games Night for Third Wheel every Friday night for those of you who want to join. The link will be somewhere around on socials um, every Friday night. So yeah, Noreen just joined and now she's part of the gang <laughs> joining gang, weekly. Gang. I'm just going to butt in momentarily because we were talking about Dev Patel and I just posted the photo of us three on the call on Instagram yeah. and my friends replied to me going, you bear look like Dev Patel. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you're meant to be uh, it, Aaron. You're meant to be our next brown prince. I need you to... The, the thing is, anyone brown who knows me knows I'm not brown. But because right. I grew up very in like a white... Like school, I was like the only brown kid. Like to my like school friends, I'm the brownest person going. You're the you're as, as in they, they, they know I'm like a coconut, but I'm just the token Indian. So any Indian joke just goes to me, even though it doesn't like... <laughs> make that much sense to me yeah sorry i don't know if hamish had anything to uh oh no i was just saying, saying like something. we just met on games like, and then i was just giving a little bit of self-promotion so yeah and that's where noreen i guess claims that we have too much wit about us most of the time until like i decide to roast y'all and then y'all are done <laughs> but wow. that really i'm i'm only feisty like mood wise it really just depends if i'm in the right mood otherwise i can just be really lame and that happens like 85 percent of the time it's just a lifestyle <laughs> I'm still traumatized by that one night where you were just like ripping into me and Aaron. Like, oh, you, know. you guys weren't responding. I was like, man, it's it was it midnight. Was. It was like one a.m. You wanted us. I was dead. I was like dead in the shoes after game night. Like, no, oh, but you know what I think is funny though. For the first, that only happened like three or four weeks into me joining those game night calls, and it's because for the first three weeks, y'all thought I didn't have a personality. Like y'all fully were. Who like, said that? Wait, who said that? I think it's because I didn't say much. I mean, maybe it's yeah. me internalizing my thoughts, externalizing my thoughts. But I was like, I think y'all were shocked by my level of banter. If I do say so myself, which might be regrettable because <laughs> it's not that funny. Yeah, you, you, you were pretty funny. Aw, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> the talk hasn't went right over it. <laughs> no. Guys, let me have it. <laughs> you should just assume sarcasm and then, and then, yeah, and then you're safe. That's fair. Um, yeah, no, I, no. I think that was just because you were on like Z's camera, so it wasn't yeah. like you were, yeah, by yourself. So yeah, he was hoarding the camera. I was like, "Sir, can I have it?" And he said, "No." And I was like, "Fine." She didn't actually say that, but at the same time, it's, <laughs> it is really intimidating to be. Shri was checking in on me because she was like, "Oh, like, are you all right? Like, do you find it okay?" And I was like, "Honestly, mm. like, it's cool, but it's just such a different. You know, conversations are different. Obviously, the relationships you guys have with other people are very different." So it's just trying to get an understanding of like, oh, like, how far can I be mean to these people? And then I quickly learned that night when I was roasting y'all that I can be as mean as I want and it's fine. So it works out great. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's, it's also like, again, like, there's a lot of inside jokes just in any any friendship group. So whenever like, yeah, you join one, there's like, you don't really know what pe sometimes people are talking about. 
Yeah, I think it just comes down to like, you guys are also really close uni friends, or most of you guys know each other from your uni experiences. And so I think I would have the same kind of level of banter with my uni friends and stuff like that. So in some ways, it's almost like, not nostalgic, but just like interesting watching you guys, because I don't get to have these sorts of experiences with my uni friends anymore, because I've been out of the loop for so long, almost. So it's cool getting to see like, a little perspective into someone else's kind of uni experience and uni life and get to hear all the all the tea. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's unique because the games night is basically me and Aaron would pretty much know somehow um, one or the other person joining. So like, it wouldn't be people that have usually hung together anyways. It just ends up being, I guess, you know, different groups joining and then everyone enjoying it. It's not, I, I don't yeah. think there's been any bad reviews. I think it's really like a magical that you guys can like bring people together from like literally around the world and have them all get on these calls with each other and try to guess music. That is really difficult to guess for everybody because it is nobody's <laughs> evident genre. So yeah, no, it's really fun. I think if you're listening to this, keep coming and then you can come and chat with me as well because that's everyone's dream, obviously. Be on a call with me. Uh-huh. <laughs> the <American> Sarcasm. <laughs> I caught it. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I guess just before we move on from like Texas side of things, what was, you mentioned it a bit in like your like intro. What was the kind of diversity that like, I think so I'm trying to do justice to like the explanation of it because I don't want to be too harsh one way or the other I think now that I've lived in much more diverse places so I've like obviously London's super super diverse Atlanta is a lot more 50 50 in terms of like having African-American folks as well as white folks like pretty evenly split but where I grew up was I now realize how completely lacking in diversity it is majority white folks like probably 85 percent white Americans and then 15% like Asian minorities. So whether that's like Indian, Pakistani, or like Far East Asian, whatever mix like Korean and Vietnamese, whatever that may be. So experientially in school, you were always the minority and you didn't realize you were the minority. And so I think like one really interesting thing that I reflect on now as an adult, especially while living in London and when I went to uni, was just how I was like in denial about being brown growing up. And so I definitely saw myself as white growing up. And so that shift really happened. By the time I was in high school, like I grew up speaking Urdu, which is my mother's tongue, which is what my parents speak in the house. And I was growing up, I was required to speak that with my parents. My dad was like, I'm not going to speak to you unless you speak to me in Urdu. And that's just because he was trying to make sure I learned it. And so I used to be proud of the fact that I could speak it growing up. And then once I got to high school, I was like, "Mm -mm, I don't know the language. I don't, I don't speak these languages. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -mm." And I used to love Bollywood movies growing up. I'm like a proper nineties Bollywood fan. And when I got to high school, because it was Bollywood was only affiliated with those cheesy musicals with like people dancing and like all the loud music and over dramatic stuff. I was like, Oh, I'm not affiliated with that. So I would refuse to know kind of, what it was because it was just easier to fit in. So I think I definitely had a time growing up in this area and in in my childhood where I just rejected my brownness because it was easier. And it wasn't until I got to uni where it's way more diverse that I finally was like, oh, maybe I am brown and maybe I do like Bollywood music and maybe I like actually love Bollywood movies. So it took a while to like relearn being brown. That that rings a lot of bells for me to be honest, but not in a sense like I grew up in a very Indian household, but I, as I said, like I, I grew up being like basically the only brown kid in school, mm-hmm. but then going into uni was kind of the first time I kind of had Indian friends, like brown yeah. friends. Mm-hmm. So I've mentioned this on a previous podcast, like how I didn't want to be a part of a brown group. Like, yeah, I just yeah, didn't you have want... said that. Because I, I wasn't really used to it and I knew that there was just, a, I didn't want to be that person 
just a part of a group just because we're all the same like color skin yeah 100% or anything like that I just didn't so I was I kind of like rejected it or in my head I was kind of like rejecting it at first but then I couldn't really escape once I was added <laughs> into that group chat straight away. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll accept it. <laughs> like, oh, fine, all right. Like, I, I'll get to know with you guys. I don't know anyone else here, so fine. Um, yeah. And you're really nice. Uh, like, yeah, but... No, 100%. Yeah. But now, like, my closest friends are a lot of them, so... And I think so. I remember hearing you say that on one of your podcast episodes, and I almost screamed because that's what I did. Like, I re- my best friends, I know, know the two of them are going to be listening to this because they're my best friends, love them. But um, they basically, I remember, they'll never let this go. If you ask my friend Shireen to this day, she will tell you this story because she is ups- she, it upset her because she was like, what are you doing? But at the time, I didn't know any better. So I remember one time Shireen, my friend, and another friend of mine who's also brown, we walked into my dorm room. And facing me were like my non-brown friends. So I was really weird. In high school, I would keep a set of brown friends and a set of non-brown friends. And I would not let them mix. And I would interact with them separately because I was psycho. So, and, and clearly <laughs> facing a lot of like internalized racism, right? And so when I introduced, when I, we went into my dorm room and I have these two sets of friends, I introduced the brown friends to my non-brown friends as these are my brown friends. Like, hi, meet my brown friends, Shireen and Sarah. <laughs> and Shireen was just like, excuse me? Like, this is like first week of uni. So she's like, excuse me? Like, why would you do that? Like, why can't you just say I'm your friend? Why do you have to say I'm your brown friend? And I was like, because you're brown. And she was like, what? Like, what is wrong with you? And so I tried to, I, I remember having that same mentality when I went to uni. It was like, oh, I'm not going to be friends with brown people. Like, I want to stay away from that drama or whatever. I don't want to be affiliated with them. But now that I'm older, I'm able to unpack that. Like, that was a little bit of internalized racism towards myself. And I thought it would be easier to, if I kept them away, it would be easier for me to fit in. And now I'm definitely just like, screw you all. I am what I am. It's not that great, but yeah. it works. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, wow. <laughs> it's not deep, Hamish. No, no, I'm just, I, know, I was just thinking, like, I was, like, lost in my thought. I was, like, thinking, like, did I go to uni thinking the same? Like, but I don't know. I think it was, like, really different to me because I grew up quite in a very, very diverse place. So it's it's actually, like, more like the white people or the minority where we are. Like, what a concept. For me, yeah, for me, if anything, <laughs> I, I only felt like, I guess, a minority at uni because, yeah, but it didn't really concern me, to be honest. I don't know. I'm in one of those weird positions where I I don't know. I never went into it looking like, oh, I need this is my quota for brown friends. Or <laughs> it wasn't that you were rejecting the brown people; it's that the brown people were rejecting you. Yeah, <laughs> ain't that the truth? Shut shut. <laughs> I'm, I'm not bothered. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. It's the truth. Uh, Embrace it, Hamish. I support this. Yeah. I'm shocked by the amount of brown people in London. I'm kind of alarmed by it. I wish there were less brown folks. There are so many. <laughs> there are just so many brown people I think it's just seeing so many people that look like me and look like me and have these nice English accents and aren't like, you know, they are clearly not first generation immigrants or just coming from a motherland. And that's something that's quite different. I think when I interact with brown folks in the UK, what I think is so interesting is that you guys have parents who may have English accents, or you may have like grandparents who migrated over. It was really strange to encounter brown folks who have parents who come over like two or three generations ago, because that shaped y'all's experience so much. Like I had to fight for my right to do anything because it wasn't the way it was done in Pakistan. But you guys have parents that like have no, been, no, you know, no, no. in so the I'm, UK I'm long in the enough. same boat. Hold okay, on, hold on. I'm in the same boat as you. I'm in the same boat as you. 
commiserate with me. But like when I interact with, you know, brown counterparts we have in the UK, so many of them seem to have an upbringing that was a lot more kind of integrated into Western society so much better than I did, or at least so many of my friends did. And it's because they had parents who migrated two or three generations earlier, and it just changes the entire cultural dynamic of their household. So I think that was something that I'd encountered for the first time. Like I was meeting brown people who didn't, Pakistani brown people who didn't speak Urdu. And I was like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you speak Urdu? And they were like, bruh, like my mom doesn't speak Urdu. And I was like, what? Like, like what a concept. Like this is unbelievable. So that was kind of new to me. When you moved to London as well, did the skyscrapers really bother you? Because obviously everything is more vertical here. Whereas in America, you kind of spread out. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Are you what? trying to make an obesity joke? Because we're trying to work on it. Oh, wow. We're not. Was, was that a fat joke, Hamish? <laughs> no, I don't admit I'll, I'll make double the fat jokes if I wanted to, you know, for Aaron's chin. Go on, then. Go on. <laughs> my, my beard's hiding it now, so it's wrong. No, no, she, Noreen didn't get it. That's that, you know, once again, the language barrier. I don't, I don't even know if I got it. Yeah, but basically, um, so like in America, they have a lot of space. So yeah. they don't really need to build massive buildings from what I've seen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But what's that got to do with where your parents are born? Oh, I'm just, I'm That's just, what I was co- I'm, just, I'm just going <laughs> off on a tangent at this point. Like He's pulling a me. I have literally had to fight for like everything. Like What she's saying, I relate to it. It still happens to this day. <laughs> what did you have to fight for? Just even like going out the house. Silly things. Mm-hmm. Like what's a good example? Spending the night at someone's house. Oh, do you mean just like with your parents? Yeah, like, so no, when your parents aren't like westernized or adapted to westernized culture, they'll be still living it how they lived it in their past and so on. So they would expect the same restrictions and so to be applied to you. Okay, so you're talking about like you arguing with your parents about doing something, not like having to fight with society because brown people don't have rights, certain rights. No, 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 because no, no. no, okay. the, the parents believe that it should be done a certain way. So as, as okay, I said, like, okay. Noreen, Noreen probably has a lot of things like, oh, like, oh, I want to go out to this party, whatever, yeah, blah, 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 yeah. 7 p.m., all that stuff, yeah. And then for that for that same argument, it takes so much longer because if your parents aren't adapted to Westernized culture, you can't be just like, oh, my friend's pulled up outside, I need to go. It's, it's not that simple, <laughs> you, would get, you would get smacked if I tried to be like, like, sometimes my dad will stop me and try to like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's telling me off. I think he's just talking to me. But I need to go. Like, I have somewhere to be. And I have, there's no way I can tell my dad, like, dad, I got nice chat. We'll tap with, like, talk to you later. I got to go. My dad was like, excuse me? Where are you going? Why are you going? Who said you could leave? Like, it's so difficult to function because I think that's just, they're still like, this is how the world yeah. works. This is how, at least back home, it especially worked like that. And and kids really didn't have anywhere to be, you know? Like, you'd just go downstairs and play right by your house and that was it you know where are you going so it's definitely a struggle and honestly like Aaron you were like oh is this like fighting in society for your rights or against your parents and I'm like but like let me handle my parents first <laughs> I can't even get out of the house to fight for my rights let me deal with these parents first like Aaron one thing here's one thing like the educational like kind of fights the other basically because my parents obviously didn't have it so this is a very unique case yeah so like when I needed to get these books and computers, like the only option we had was the, the library, the local library. But you'd have to book a session there for like one hour to use on the PC. But for them, because yeah, yeah. um, they only they grew up in like I guess you know quite a big sibling um, households and so on, they would they would be like, no, you have to share it. So even that one hour that you're meant to go and do your work, <laughs> kind of revise Google, try and figure out how to use the computer, you'd have to share it with your brother. And even if your brother's about to play games or something, they're like, oh, now they need to share it with you. Like the the concept of like doing your would work you take it in turns like a Google search at a time or something? <laughs> no, it was like it's 30, 30 minutes, and it was just like 
And like, even if I was like trying to study it, like say at the library really quickly by finding whatever book, because library you can rent a book for free so you'd have to buy it so what you'd have to do is like you'd have to finish it within the gap that they're there they have to overwatch you and obviously she wants to go like say my mom when she wants to go shopping and so so on so it'd be like oh they want to go shopping so I'm like oh hurry up what are you doing your work should be finished but i'm like if only my work finished that quick you know like it's like simple like there's so many battles that you have when they're not westernized like the best example of a i guess a good adapted one is like one of my friends will lead his parents adapted really well to the, I guess, more westernized culture. So it's like so easy to kind of like, you know, I feel to convince them to um, allow you to do something. Yeah, yeah so, 100%. Whereas mine, I'm just like, I don't even know submission. I just leave the house now. I have my keys. <laughs> I walk out when I want. No, once you once you get a car in America as a first generation immigrant, you're all right. Like you're okay after that. It's just... Yeah, so I was going to say, like, is it still like that? For me? In yeah. your well, like families? In my... In our family well, now, that, as is it still Hamish? Yeah. Um. Well, they they started to adapt a bit, but then because they obviously, I guess, they're from there, so they watch the news obviously local to India. So like they're kind of, I guess, very what is it like invested in it? So like they still want to live it, or they still believe that India's ahead of here or whatever. I'm like, India's not ahead of here. Like if if you the doctors here are more reliable than the doctors there, as far as I'm concerned. Honestly. <laughs> Wait. So um, Hamish, are the, you the oldest sibling? Yeah. Okay, I've had yeah. to fight for pretty much everything um, to get to where we are. Preach. And I know the youngest one doesn't understand it, but the middle one definitely knows. So like he's a bit more, has his head screwed on more correctly. <laughs> like the battles you go for, go through to get certain things in the house. Like even, even if it's just like, oh, I want to have a chocolate after school because everyone else was having it at the time, fam. That battle. Oh my God. It was a down, it was, it was basically a losing battle. I don't think some of these things is is a brown thing though. No, it is. Like you have to understand. I like think some some things are just every family. Like every parent is, it's going to be like strict to their kids in some way. There's strict. Look, I think there is strictness in like depending on your parents, right? Like that can vary. I think it's for me. It was the difficulty in trying to explain things to them because they aren't understanding culturally why I'm hmm. saying that. Does it make sense? Like for like some parents, I'm yeah. sure like maybe they don't let their kids sleep over you know, out or whatever. But for me, it was like, oh, well, can I just go sleep over, you know, just at my friend's place? And it's trying to justify it to them. Like, at the, and they don't get the arguments. They're like, oh, well, you can hang out with this person at this time. And I'm like, oh, yeah, but we're going to, you know, watch a movie night or whatever. And they're like, yeah, but you can watch a movie whenever. And I'm just like, just let me do what everyone else is mm-hmm. doing because everyone's doing it. And that's a good enough reason. You know what I mean? And they just can find like, yeah. like I wasn't allowed to go to concerts until I was like, until probably until I got to uni. I fought to go to my first ever concert, which was a One Direction concert. That happened. And so that happened when I was like in 11th grade. But I remember like having to argue with my parents to let me go. And they let Did me go. Did you play the brown Zayn Malik card? No, not in front of my dad. No, I didn't. I did not want to die. Thank you. <laughs> not with my. I, I was. Dad. I was thinking of it more like, as in, like you know, I'm going to support a brown brother. You know. Oh God, no! My my dad would be like, "That's nice. He feels supported from here. Thank you very much. Like you're fine. <laughs> like he really wouldn't care." But I think it's just like con- even concerts. I couldn't go to them. I would go to them in uni when, like, obviously my parents weren't there. Or, like, could keep an eye on what. It- like, they didn't care at that point. But my sister has been going to concerts since she was like thirteen or fourteen. Like, girl just gets a ride with whoever she wants, and and mom and dad don't blink an eye. She's five years exactly. younger than me. Oh my god! You- it's oh, I, so- I relate to this so much. And I'm just like, well, that, that's because you've you've gone through it all, so you've already argued nope, it. But there's a lot more blind eyes being turned here to the stuff they do. Even if they're like, if you did, if you did that, you know, you'd have been like crucified. So you never did it. In the yeah, first yeah. Place. But I'm I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. Like I'm the oldest as well, and like I've 
whatever. But I'm like you've you've already argued that with your parents that you should be able to go to the concert, and then they've accepted it. So now, just because your sibling is younger, they they've known that to accept it now, so they can, right? I don't I don't think it's that like simple because it's the unfair. Siblings are yeah, it's just like, unfair. I think there's... I know you mean. I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate. No, I've, really I've argued my mum like why I wasn't allowed to do that at their age. Why are they allowed to do that kind of thing? But we all do it. No, but I think what's funny is like my dad was like, ah, oh, if Noreen goes to a concert, she's going to come back a drug addict and she's going to drink alcohol <laughs> and all that. I was like 16 and I was like, dad, like, it's not how that works. Like, it, that's the thing that's really frustrating is they don't understand that like concerts can be experienced in a number of ways. Some people may choose to engage in that and others won't. And so it's just like, trust your kid, man. And, but his bigger thing is if she goes once, she's going to become a drug. Like, it's just a one-time thing. And it's just like, no, like, that's not how these places work. So what, are you never going to go to a concert? I, I think that was my kid was living in America, I might be like the same. Would you really? <laughs> no, no. Okay, I, was like, I would definitely, like, even when I lived there for a year, I definitely felt more unsafe than I do here. Really? What? Just like walking around. Like, anything I'd heard, I thought it would be like, fun gunshot. What, in San Fran? A car backfiring. Yeah, just just any loud bang, I'd be like, oh, shit. Was that no, a, you're right about that. Was that a gun? I absolutely think that's like, it's so, it, I, it wasn't as prevalent when I was growing up, but I think now I had a shooting threat at my high school. When I was in uni, we had a shooting threat. When my sister was at uni, literally recently in November, her university had like some white college, uh, white supremacist group come on campus and post all these threats. What they actually know what they did was, there was a shooting, I think, in New Zealand, and the guy who did the shooting in New Zealand okay, yeah. used... Do you remember that? A shooting in New Zealand definitely rings a bell. Yeah, I think it was in New Zealand, and he basically, he wrote, before he did the shooting, he wrote this, like, white supremacy manifesto. And while my sister was in uni, this white manifesto was being airdropped to people's phones while they were in the library. And so everyone was like, wait, what? And then like all hell broke out. And so they canceled class for a week. This is like around November of 2019. So it's just such a daily occurrence now to have to think about this. It's in the daily psyche of people here, which it's not in the UK. And I do appreciate that about the UK. You know, I got also a good example of one thing that's like the parents would always push on you is religion. <laughs> like you can't escape re- kind of like religion, I guess. Like, and if, if like, for example, my youngest brother, not religious they don't understand that concept they still try to force it upon him i'm like fam it's, it's not for him leave him alone <laughs> let, let, let him be who wants to be there. because if he doesn't want to believe in god that's on him exactly. there's nothing you can do it's really hard to force away from religion especially as a child and explain to them oh i may not understand this and so on like how do you how do you like try to force uh, out of religion when that that's all they know yeah you wouldn't know because aaron you grew up in a i don't know westernized household compared to what Noreen's trying to, I guess. But then my, my parents, they both moved here from different countries. Yeah, but they were more adapted to Western culture is the thing. Can I ask though, um, Aaron, like where, where, which countries your parents migrated from? So my, my dad uh, came from India. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom came from Uganda. Okay, because there's a lot of studies, especially in the East African case, we studied this a lot in diaspora studies that like that second generation, that second migration that takes place from like India to Uganda, that's one. And then Uganda to another country, that's like the second migration they've, they've taken a part of. And every time a group completes a mi- one migration, they change so drastically. So to do two means that you're almost too removed from the original or that whatever culture that is. And it almost creates it so that you assimilate much quicker just because you've experienced different things and you can accept that. 
Whereas I think with one generation migrations, it's really interesting. And I tell Zishan this all the time because Zishan comes from, you know, like you, he has one parent from Tanzania, I believe, and then the other one from India. And his parents are just a completely different story than my parents. And they are just so like, they're great. I adore them, but they're also just really different to have conversations with as well. And it's so different from my own Mm -hmm. parents. And I think it's like, I talk to my East African friends about this who have parents that come from East Africa. So even if we're both like, Ismaili Muslims, which is our religion, we share the same religion and we share the same community. Parents and practice are just so different. Like I tell Zijans all the time, I'm like, you have white parents, man. Like this is insane. Like I cannot relate to this at all, but it's just a whole different, it is a different lifestyle. I think it just comes down to like, as long as you feel like now, now as a 24 year old, I'm less salty about it. I think when I was growing up, I was really irritated. But now that I'm kind of like an adult, I'm kind of like, yeah, you made the best decisions that you could for the time that you had and, and the world that you grew up in. I just think the one thing, and this is kind of like my last thing on this topic, but the one thing that will drive me up a wall till the day I die is when my dad is like, oh, but in Pakistan, you know, if Noreen had grown up in Pakistan, she'd be like this. And I was just in Pakistan <laughs> in December. Mind you, none of those kids are religious. None of them be going to the masjid all the time. Not, they all party. They all do shisha. They all smoke. They live in their best lives. Okay, dad? Like, they are crazy. I am way more contained than that. Thank you very much. So it drives me up a wall when my parents are like, oh, if she was just born in Pakistan, she wouldn't be like this. And they're living their best lives over there. And my justification is, yeah, so like this is this is a pretty scumbag and pretty rude one, yeah. I don't know if I'll even leave this in here. So basically... <laughs> oh, that bad. <laughs> that's dark. Basically, everyone that... Yeah, that's why I'm saying they may not stay in. Um, so everyone that comes from, I guess, where my parents are from, in India, in Gujarat, whoever's like born there and so on, even if they're like here, like because their families haven't westernized properly or whatever, or adapted to Western culture, they yes, they usually fail the education system, and it's also obviously there's many other factors. So like they fail it horribly. So and then they have to do what either no jobs or jobs that they'll never like, jobs that you never get paid well enough for, all these other things. Yeah, after failing education and so on, and they'll be like, oh, if you're born there, like, oh, why can't you be like this? Or oh, you're like that person. I'm like, no, I'll never be like that person because I'm not fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Preach. No, like, that's a thing. And I'm just like, look, yeah, these are all wanted to stay in whatever mentality that was. Yeah. I was born here. Even if they were born here, they chose not to stick with it. They just chose to stick to whatever their parents are always going to sh- shove down them. And I was just like, nah. For me, it was always a matter of making it right. But I don't understand why. I can understand why a lot of them failed. They couldn't make it. Obviously, not getting the resources they need. There's like so many reasons. Like, yeah. So, like, I, I always use that argument against the parents. If you're going to say that I should have been. That I'm like one of them, or I I should have been born there, or whatever. I'm like, nah, because then I would have turned out like that. Oh, no, and I'm not going to turn out like that. I refuse to. No, I agree. So and I, I like I my not... I like my American privilege. Thank you very much. So. <laughs> I, I think, I'd st- my parents are Westernized, but I still had like, I guess restrictions like, going out was tough, or like going, out, especially when I was younger. Even now, when I go out, I'd still like like give my mom a text if it's like pretty late and i'm not home just be like yeah all, all all's good or she'll like text me like all okay kind of stuff but no i don't, I don't know i don't know mine's definitely not as bad as what you guys are saying yeah I'm to be fair i don't know how bad it sounds now. like it, it's not going to be as horrible obviously this is all past and this is all just like explaining also yeah i was going to say aaron so you see the thing about texting when you're texting them or oh, you're safe etc and you're out like i now kind of see why it would be good and i would expect my child to do the same but yeah like if i didn't do it the way i did it for my when i went to uni and so on like just basically not not reply or say i'm not i'm not gonna call you you get a call once per day as it is bro my brothers yeah they would not have the freedom they have today because they had to like 
that basically there was no such thing as going out at night, fam. They're like, no, that's where people, as as Noreen said, that's where people get addicted to drugs. That's where they're drinking. That's where they stuff they shouldn't be doing. And it's just like, yeah. So if I didn't do it the way I did it, essentially just saying no, I'm only gonna call you once, and that's if I had not busy at that time on that day. And um, then these lot would not have the freedom they have in the house. I think what's really interesting is like. I had one parent in my house who's really strict, which is my dad. And I have one really chill parent, which is my mom. Like my mom is somebody who I could tell her what I'm doing and she'd probably be like, I don't like it, but fine. You know what I mean? Like that's how she, it works. Hmm. So, and I think what's really funny is the second I moved out to uni, I, and I moved, so I went to school out of state. And so in America, that's kind of a big deal because our states are huge for the most part. And so you are like, fully leaving home. So in my head, I this is the longest I've ever spent in my own house since I moved out when I was 17. So I'm kind of like, that's a whole different challenge. But I think now, because I'm now I'm 24. But when I moved out when I was 17, and you're in a different state, like you're in a different time zone, because I was an hour ahead, like life is, is they are fully away from me, because it's a 12 hour drive to Atlanta from where I live, and or a two hour flight. So there's no way they're just gonna like pop by and see what I'm up to. So when I moved, I was shocked that they didn't care where I was. Like they didn't ask me where I was. They didn't, they didn't check in with me. They weren't calling me on a Friday night being like, Oh, where are you? Like, did you go to the mosque and pray on Friday? They didn't care. And I was like, this is just rude. Like (laughs) you guys tormented my high school years. And the second I moved to uni and then even when I moved to London, like nobody called to check in, you know, where I was, if I was out at night, I'm kind of the innocent idiot that decides to share my information with my mom. So literally this past March, I took a trip to Brussels and because of COVID, we booked the flight months or like weeks or months in advance. And then COVID was kicking in. So I didn't tell my parents that I was going because I was like, oh my God, they're going to be like, don't go because of COVID. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go and I'll deal with the consequences later. So I go to Brussels and while I'm sitting at dinner, my mom starts texting me and going, Hey, what are you up to? And I was like, this is weird because you never check in with me. So what's going like you do, but you know, you don't really care. So I like didn't, yeah. oh, didn't respond for the first hour. And then she checks in again. And I was like, okay. And then I, and then she was like, Hey, like, what are you, where are you? And I was like, shit, like mayday, mayday. Like we're in trouble. <laughs> like, I'm dead. So I call my younger sister because I'd been on the phone with her recently. And I thought I told her. So I was like, Hey, did you tell mom that I'm in Brussels? And she was I didn't even know you were in Brussels. Like what are you talking about? And I was like, so how did she know? And it turned out I called my mom and I was like, hi, like, what's up? Like I'm in Brussels. Like, and she's like, okay, like whatever. But I was like, how did you know I was here? And she was like, because you shared your location with me ages ago because i'm that kid like i genuinely don't do many things like completely like but that, I, that means she's checking though I, that is does mean she's checking well she was like your dot yeah. wasn't normally where it is and i was like where did it go <laughs> it was on continental Europe. <laughs> she had to zoom out <laughs> yeah exactly she was she was alarmed but that's what i'm saying my mom's quite chill so she was like all right like when are you going home? When's your flight home? Okay. Like, that's it. Like, she really didn't care past that. She's like, are you, what are you doing right now? I was like, I'm having dinner. She's like, okay, cool. Stay safe. Like, text me when you leave the country. And I was like, cool. Done. Marie, do you ever get like the the advice you don't, like the advice that doesn't make sense? Because they've never experienced it, but they're going to give you advice on how they think it works. So they're going to tell you exactly how it should go. Like, yeah. certain things should happen. And it's just like, Look, you stop trying shit. I've already done this by now. You're just finding about this as what you think to be my first time, um, for example, traveling on a plane or whatever. So you think I have no common sense here, but I'm okay. But that, that's again, that's something that's not a brown thing. I think that I think that's partially like parents being parents, which is parents. are we just complaining about parents? 
episode. Jesus Christ. This is an entire episode about your parents. Let's talk about your daddy issues, everyone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me be your psychotherapist. Speak yourself. <laughs> I don't need to call out like this. What about Hamish? I don't know. I don't know if Hamish wants to mention this, but like his plans when he's a parent. Oh, go on. What? <laughs> Wait, what? What are my plans? Are the basically the your treatment of Which your version? children? Right, you're making this sound mad. Basically, I was saying, yeah, there's like multiple versions. I'm still obviously considering multiple what the future versions. could hold. Okay. The, yeah, so like we've With had all the, these wifeies. We've had variety. Oh my god, <laughs> you're allowed four in Islam. Join the crowd. Join the club. No, no, I'm, I'm a one one girl type of person. <laughs> What was I going to say? So basically, obviously, it's, it's a constant ongoing brainstorm in my own head. Probably an unnecessary one, but I think it's quite important. Raising your child, right? Like, how would how would you prevent them from ending up in certain cases like you've seen in your life? How would you... Like, what's the, what's the correct way to raise them? So, like, one of the more recent ones, which has turned on to an ongoing joke here, so I just kind of run with it, is basically that I would go back to the council estates and live there. Not And once I'm, like, richer... But I just secretly have a house. Like when they go to school, I go to my other house. You know, like my my ri- my rich house here, and I go live there. But when they when I pick them up from school, we go back to the one in the council estate, and then they have to grow up there like roughier. They they need to have that ambition and you know that determination to make it, and then they'll be good. And then they can know that. Um, then they can be given a bit of you know some money. They need to grow up with like. Not this would be like as I said, it's all a joke. So calm down. No one needs to call. I don't know if this was a joke at the time you were saying it. <laughs> no, I was. I was seriously because I'm like maybe I should live in a council yeah. estate here, but I'll have a rich house here just so they understand that you have to. Money d- doesn't just grow on fucking trees. Well, it technically does, but you but know, then not- you were also like, so this is a scenario we were saying where you were minted. You're a millionaire, yeah, yeah, and you were like, you're not even taking your kids on holiday. They don't. No. They don't get that. Yeah. What the fuck? What I'm do you mean? Cool. Like they could, they could go on a holiday. Could you imagine if Wait, you, that isn't going to make them be like they have snobs. to earn? They have to earn it somehow, right? Like they're going to have to do like chores and stuff. They're like, oh, we want to go to this place, see this. I'll give them a, I'll give them one taster, and they'll be like, oh, if I want to do something like this again, let me earn it via these chores and so on. They need to have the concept of earning it. They can't it's be like just if like, they oh, do the washing, they get a holiday to Barbados. Why don't you believe in an allowance? Like, is that not a system for you guys? Where like I, I never had an allowance, so I, I'm not one. I we couldn't afford to give me an allowance, so I was I was like this. So I'm I'm genuinely <laughs> thinking like the kids with a you know bracket s they need to like have a a concept of making it. Like they need to have be determined in some way. And based on the rich shoots I've seen in my life, no offense, guys, <laughs> it's not it's not often that they're gonna <laughs> end up making doing? it. Huh? It's not often they're gonna I end joke. up making it. Damn. I joke. Oh, I'm joking. I'm joking. Slam the um, entire population. But like, I'm not also saying like my, I'm just gonna buy my kids whatever they want. Like, I need them to understand that you can't just go like, oh, tomorrow I want to go to Aaron, give me a country. Azerbaijan. What? So where the country? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That country. Yeah. And like, I'll be like, I'll be like, why do you want to go? Like, come to some just like maybe they need to make a trade. Maybe they need to understand some basic concepts. They need to learn something about it. They can't just be like asking for something and getting it. What the fuck? I'm, like, I'm talking about when they're like five years old. When, oh no, well, no, no. When okay, we had I said I said yeah that they won't remember most of the younger journeys anyways because you don't remember anything before the age of four and you don't. So you're just not gonna take them on no, holiday. You have limited memories. <laughs> no, no, no. Hold on. Let me finish. Stop. Stop. Okay. You're like a you're you're like a journalist at the Sun, fam. You need to stop, fam. <laughs> okay, go on, go on, go on. <laughs> yeah. So basically, they need to. I'm not saying I wouldn't. I'm saying like they need to understand that it comes, it comes at a price essentially. Like if you want to go to this and we want to, I can show you. Like here, here's this. Like here's how much it costs to get there, maybe or something. Maybe not price here, but they're like they need to do these chores. They need to show that they're willing to make the trade for it. Like they need to work for it. They can't just. 
you just because like you want to like buy a, a PlayStation, you can't just buy them a PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah, so the same logic occurs with holidays. Holiday is a luxury. <laughs> yeah, but they don't have to like work to go on holiday. You know, like, they don't have just to, want to like, go on a family uh, holiday. No, they don't have to like literally like get a job. I'm just saying they have to like do things to understand that you have to work for it in in a essence. Like you have to teach them that lesson. You can't They're just not part end of the up family, getting lucky. They're kept separate. He'll only take his lady on his holiday, and his kids will just sit at home. And that, so he is going on vacation, just not with his kids. That's what's going to end up happening because they won't know the cost of a flight to Azerbaijan and what kind of labor that takes. So they're going to stay at home. Say the kids are like three years old, two years old. Oh, they can't even like speak. Yeah. So what? They'll, they'll, they'll go to holidays. Then they won't remember it. Anything before the age of four, you're not meant to remember, anyways. So you're taking them on holidays because you know they're not going to remember it. Like. You're, you usually don't remember anything before the age of four. How much do you remember before the age of four? You don't, but there's... there's... I mean, I remember I went on holidays. <laughs> Why are you so concerned with holidays, man? Yeah, hol- holidays is... I'll rinse the holiday joke, but like... <laughs> You're fully know. committed maybe, maybe to these children stuff. going on. Aaron, at this, I mean, Hamish, at this point, if you don't take your kids on holidays, Aaron's going to kidnap them and take them for you. Like, that's what's going to happen at this rate. <laughs> Uncle <laughs> Aaron so is going to show a good time, bro. There's going to be a restraining order on Aaron for a start. <laughs> <laughs> to start with but i wonder i think like i think kids the thing is though kids from the ages of birth to four or five six seven eight nine they don't remember a lot but they internalize a lot what's going on around them which is why they always say like the brain elasticity at that point is insane so if you speak to them in multiple languages they'll be able to pick up every single language and categorize it properly because their brain is just like so elastic like the brain elasticity is quite high at that point like retention wise so what you're doing to your kids I have no degree in science, so I think this is great. What you're doing to your kids <laughs> is taking them out on holidays between the ages of zero to three to four, when you think their brain's going to suddenly stop remembering everything that happened beforehand. And then these kids are going to have nightmares in the middle of the night of them like feeling the ocean breeze and like on some boat in Havana or something like that. And they're going to come to you and say, dad, I have these dreams. And you're going to be like, you're insane. You've never been anywhere except for this council house. <laughs> like, you suck. What are you doing to them? You're going to break them, man. No, no. But like, I would do it. I, obviously, I don't want them to be like ever feel any other level of mental strain that ever took me or anything or anyone in worse situations than me to even get to that. So I'd obviously still like, Aaron's making me obviously sound like an abusive person, but basically, <laughs> like they would be living, they would like they would never feel the financial struggle the only difference is they can just internally in the house like do like a vacuuming and you know that could be worth like 20 pound i don't know whatever the whatever the currency would be worth 20 pounds for a vacuum in the future you don't know how expensive things will be so like that could be nothing you know 20 pound in the future could be nothing accounting because, for like, inflation i see yeah, yeah. you know all of these kind of like basic things like this there's, there's like so many lessons you need to teach and if you don't teach them then I don't know, like, are you letting the child be at the full potential, like, with based on things you know? Was was something then that your parents, like, something your parents kind of restricted or like deprived you from that you wouldn't? One of the things is, I guess, like, entertainment time kind of thing. So, like, obviously we couldn't obviously afford it, which is fair enough here. Yeah, but like, even like the concept of like, I guess, going out, going out like for one hour after school with my friends or doing some after school club, impossible for them. Man used to man used to go to Warfam. You don't understand from this was actual Warfam, trying to gain this um you know this right that everyone else had, and you're just that one person that didn't have it. And as a kid, that kid that matters. As a kid, that really mattered. Obviously, now I don't care. Like if someone's going out, I don't have to go out. It's my choice if I want to leave okay. the house, right? No, yeah, but you were like, obviously, I don't care now. Speaks about it for an hour and a half. 
Like, I'm over it. <laughs> no, no, but I I'm just trying to explain it. I'm trying to explain the concept, yeah. If I wanted to go out after school, I, I couldn't just go to my mom, I'm going out. Like, I don't want it. That wasn't how it was for me either. I had to be good that week or something. Or, and the person I was going out with, my mom had to know them. And yeah, background like checking it. Like, you needed, like, a CRB, like, proven flipping thing. No, but I think that's yeah, where the difference yeah. is. Like, I think that's where, like... But that's, that's pretty normal, I think. That's normal. But that's where I think, like, for a lot of immigrant kids, or at least in my household, the answer was always no. It didn't matter if, like you met these people like a hundred times, like, you know what I mean? Like it didn't mean if we went, even if we went to the same mosque, like you didn't care. It was, it was just, it was always a no. And I think that's what irritates a child is what for us, like in a very Western kind of you work for what you earn sort of thing. And, and vice versa. Like we have a very big emphasis, like a big culture of emphasis for children on like you reap the rewards that you sow sort of thing. So if you put in the effort, if you do everything, you put your due diligence in, you're going to get an outcome. So I did my research on, you know, Hannah auntie and like what her background was and what her house is like and how far it is from my house. So mama doesn't have to drop me too far. Like you do all these little, you know, you, you get your little ducks in a row and you're like, and then you Come present, proposal. yeah, you present your proposal yeah. to your parents and then they go, nah. And you're just like, yeah. why do you, why? Like, why can't I live my best life? Like, why are you getting in the way with this? Like sometimes you have to experience things, right? And like the, ex- the experience factors taken away like a lot. But the thing is, like, I would, I would still let them have, like, this kind of, in essence, like, no wouldn't be the first answer. The answer would be you just have to work towards it. Like, you have to make them, because then if you're, the more you restrict them, the more they want to break out. I'm yeah, going to take myself true. as a literal example. The more you restrict, like, me from, like, trying to do something or, like, try to say no, like, the more I'm just going to battle it, right? That's, that's like every kid. They try to rebel it, the more they're restricted. Because every kid, when they're growing up, they, they don't see the dangers. They don't see all of these other factors. They just see the freedom. Because as a kid, you're really naive at the end of the day. Like, you're seeing the world as it sh- technically should be, like, as a very nice place, but it's not. Damn Hamish. Yeah, the area was dangerous, etc. And, and all of these other things, but instead of, like, saying, oh, look, this kind of er- things happened, or, oh, like, here, like, it's very dangerous, and you can't just be, like, going around thinking it won't happen to you. Like, you could literally be the next person. Instead of explaining that in a much easier way, or trying to, like, you know, teach them, it was just more like a no. Which, that, that yeah. as a kid, that's, like, that narrows your mind like and that will kind of like if like for me i always say as an example i'll speak about in a future episode like uni freed my mind like if i didn't go to uni especially at warwick if i didn't go warwick that would have been it because i would have been at london uni nothing would have changed for me like when you go to a place and you're finally given like a concept of just yeah you can just do it when you're from like such a strict kind of background you know it like changes you um, I'm not sure. As I said, Noreen, Noreen was as confused. Like she's still traumatized today. She still texts them a location. <laughs> when she was in, I've, been, I've been trained. Like well. she's still traumatized from it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So like it's like it was such a major thing. Like I'm not telling the the kid no. I'm telling them yeah you can do it. You just have to get towards it. Like how do you get towards this? Like there may be a point system or something. You know who knows whatever our design. They just need to know that it doesn't just come out of the snap of your fingers. Hamish, I have never heard you speak so at length about anything without taking the piss. Like <laughs> literally, like you were so well, clearly. I did take the piss in the between. In between, I was making the Richie jokes, so I don't know. If... Yeah, but there's also a very clear, a clear. You may be, you know, you may be taking the piss. I'm, I'm starting to think that might have been real. Um, thank you very much, but I do think that you should write a book on this <laughs> no, no. or something because you clearly have a lot of feelings towards it. Definitely not reading that. Yeah, this is go. not my podcast. <laughs> Let me tell you what you should do after you go on. Uh, well, and the thing is, 
people, I guess, just know us for joking about and stuff like. But obviously, we can't hold like serious conversations. It's just that people usually <laughs> um, people just take us for a joke in it. So like, I, I just go along with it. I'm not bothered if someone's to take me for a joke. Like, I'll play along with it gladly. It doesn't really. Like, I don't have anything to prove, if that makes sense. Get you a man that can do both, ladies. Hamish is on the market, people. He can do both. (laughs) He can be jokes and also talk to you about parenting your kids. No one that is listening to this is single, so it's Yeah, but be warned, you might not go on many holidays. (laughs) (laughs) No, wait. By your own logic, Karen, that was only for the kids. By your own logic, that was only for the kids, right? Unless you're going to make your, like, wife do some point system as well. (laughs) She knows that at the end of the day, like, she'll... like we'll sleep on like weekdays, you know, for example, at the council flat, and they go back to the uh, ritual and then yeah, so your, your wife's gonna have to sleep in <laughs> the council flat as well. Wow, we I'm glad you've like made this clear because I think it's really narrowed your market choices as far as women goes. And, no, you know, no, this is like this is one scenario of millions that go through my head. This is like not even all that's. It's not like to be taken literally, and it will happen. This right, is like ladies. Things so now you have, a, you have a man with plenty of scenarios. You never know which one you're going to get. So um, just step <laughs> on up in line and see what you're going to yeah, get. That, that's mysterious, you know. I, I agree. Very mysterious. Mm. And you're also like no sitting face, in the no dark face. right now. So like it's just really adding to the vibe. There's, there's, there's no video, so they don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know, which is even creepier. Can't wait. <laughs> I think like the whole parents thing is like a really there's so much to unpack and I think as I grow up I think I, I think about this too like I'm like how am I going to parent my kids if I choose to stay in the UK long term then like would my kids be there and how that would impact them because I definitely do see a difference between British youth and American youth culturally and like in all sorts of ways also just like exposure I mean not, I'm not gonna lie you guys tend to be oh Hamish you brought this up with me yesterday where you were like oh like do you think I'm sexist? And I was like, honestly, no. Like you British boys from London are by far the least sexist I have ever encountered. Whereas in America, brown boys are the lowest tier of common sense and wokeness that you can get. Like it's so bad. And so I think about that and I'm like, where would I want my kids to be woke and slightly taking the piss out of everything or (laughs) not woke and looking up to Hasan Minaj? Yeah, so like, you see what I mean? Like you think of like what shaped you to become where you are and then what shaped them to, like what you think shaped other people to become into a certain place and then you how there's no way there's no right or wrong really like you know what there's no perfect way no one knows the perfect way to parent right yeah there's like no perfect way and all i'm saying is i'm trying to make sure i'm trying to figure out <laughs> that i'm all good before all the madness happens you're one step ahead yeah, i don't really i don't really know i'm gonna end up keep going so we need to tangent off this topic because aaron set me up aaron set me up for failure here like aaron's fully ruined me here no no you have cleared it, you've cleared it up a bit for me anyway because i thought you were dead set on like basically like, just treating your kids you, like no shit. you took that and you left that as the running joke for the night and that, that's been the running joke for months yeah I've but just, you went along with it at the time yeah because i know that i know that you're just gonna go on with it anyway so i'm also just go ahead and yeah, yeah but i didn't know you were joking i thought you were being serious <laughs> Guys, when I was, if it makes you feel any better, Hamish, my friends also know this about me. I joked once, and again, like my friends would say this, that this has happened, that I said that I would only feed my kids hot dogs with ketchup and mustard every meal. And I would do that because then when they ate any real food, they'd be like, wow, and they'd have an appreciation for it. And so ever since then, my friends joke around about how all I'm going to feed my kids is hot dogs with ketchup and mustard, and my kids are going to hate my li- their lives because they'll never be fed any other kind of food. So I said that once. I am here to clear the record. I will not do that. I will feed them other nutritious things that are not hot dogs. Exclusive. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, one one thing I was going to show them the concept was like takeaway and stuff like and like letting them taste like 
different foods. You know why? Yeah, because yeah, then that means yeah, one day when they feel like say yeah, decide they decide to pick like act religion or they decide not to whatever they want whatever they want to do. Yeah, like they want to say they want to be Christian instead of Hindu, right? So and then they're gonna go taste beef and so on. Like they'll already know the taste. So if they accidentally order something in another language that has it, they'll be like, oh, that's you know that's that wherever that is. Like I would like to let them experience as many cuisines as possible and taste. That's good. And then that way they'll be also like they won't be a chef, but you know like they could be. You know I don't know, but like they'll Wait, be. Wait, so pick- would you let them? Uh, you don't eat beef. Yeah. So would you let them eat beef? I don't know. Like it. De- I don't know. It depends also on the partner's perspective. Yeah, I would. I. I don't think I would let them eat it. But like if they want or to, do rather it like future, encourage, like you discourage them from eating. I wouldn't. Di- I wouldn't discourage it. I wouldn't encourage it. Really. I, if they ask me, I'd be like, look, yeah, um, this is how the the religion thing is but if you wanted to i don't mind you trying it i will let you here's like also the other like i guess health benefits versus health negatives etc like i miss yeah. Yeah, basically i'm going to let them have that kind of freedom but maybe like what well, well, when some growing up initially like in the very young years i probably wouldn't obviously they don't remember the- it anyway don't they <laughs> before four <laughs> <laughs> well we're like in your council estate anyway you're not going to be cooking beef because you're not eating it so no in your council estate I mean, <laughs> if, if, if I make them live a super grimy life, they ain't getting no takeaway. From, I don't know what you're on. They can't afford it. They can't get They'll get like a local chicken cottage or whatever, you know, local chicken shop like once every two months what? or maybe on the birthday <laughs> as a treat. Right, you don't know the struggles out here. <laughs> no, I think that's they do well in their tests. I like it. I like the bars you've set for your kids or like, I like the. Like, the one I thing think- I fear is. No, the one thing I fear is that, like, maybe I may end up saying too high boundaries, but I don't want that to be the case. I wonder if they think they can be this, yeah. Like, say they, they're like, oh, I want to do this because I find that fun. Let them do it, fam. I, I'll, I'll take, I'll, ha- I won't let them know I have the financial backing for it. I hope <laughs> I would. Stop. At least. Yeah. I thought we were functioning normally <laughs> in this particular scenario, but no, they still don't know. <laughs> so, is there suddenly going to be like, you know, you're going to be like, ah, you want, we won the lottery. You wanted to invest in something, like take the money. I'll like, be investing. They just want, they, they won't know that money exists. Call it like Santa get sloppy. Claus? Like you're just like privately funding them without them knowing, yeah. just giving them like things. they'll be indirectly, like you know, like things will be just happening, and they'll be like, "Oh, is well, the world's such a great world?" And then so when isn't they're that 18, worse? <laughs> isn't that way when, worse? Uh, I'm when you that's die, a joke. Wait, just be left joke. fucking millions. They're like, "Oh, what?" That's jokes. No, <laughs> no, that, that that part was a joke. Do you see? If the you joke? even leave it to them, <laughs> dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. I <laughs> genuinely I th- I've thought about cases like that I don't know I'd be like would I leave the majority to charity would I leave the majority to them like how would I split it like like what's what's the correct thing to do you know like maybe I'll do something where they have to graduate with a degree to get a certain amount you know like maybe they once a they scheme. reach a certain age to get them later like what if they don't want to go with uni pop in it like they need education so, <laughs> so you've got they, some they requirements have... for your kids yeah like but like I, I may not hard enforce if I see they've succeeded say they chose to be can you give me a career professional? A bus driver. Really like a... a TFL bus driver. No, no, no. no, no. I love them. Like How that's, dare that's, you? That's not good enough, Hamish. Those um, are our essential that's... workers. I'm going to use. I'm going to say a pilot. Okay, a pilot. If they pilot, want to be a okay. pilot, they want to go about being a pilot. Obviously, you don't need a university degree to do that. I think you just go into a separate course to learn that entirely. Maybe. If they want to do that, then they, yeah, they can go and do that. I'm not going to really restrict them. Let them go get the flight lesson. See if they want to continue it, pursue it. If they want to do that go ahead it will be like there and they'll be like when they realize that how unique of an opportunity is hopefully they'll realize that oh shit like yeah i've had this unique opportunity i can't screw it up it has to be perfect if i screw up then it's not going to happen again blah blah blah. you'll have to earn it in some way you know like you have to like i don't know there's 
There's ways I feel like like this is gonna sound mad because I've been joking half of this. Like it sounds all fucking <laughs> yeah. out, it? I just want to make sure they know how to manage money and they don't just throw it like tomorrow they don't go buy a new new shoes for no reason. They're in lockdown, isn't it? Like imagine it's lockdown. And so you do that. What? <laughs> <laughs> Exposed. Exposed. What, what is he on? Like he knows he know he set that up because everyone's gonna believe that, but he knows that's not the case. <laughs> he no, knows sometimes that's... I see you walking in with some like fresh new crepes. Yeah, that's because I just clean them. There's a difference. I I don't buy crepes like like I don't know how often is it I buy what crepes. What are you doing that they get so dirty that they're unrecognizable, dude? Yeah, that ox Aaron, the Aaron's ones get that dirty that you apparently get some. I I they don't mind so get dirty. I just I just keep them like you know shining because I don't want to spend in my. Uh, the way I understand it is that I will never be able to spend again on that. So it's, since it's a one-time purchase, even if it was a 20-quid shoes back in the day, it's like, nah, I've got to make these last as long as possible. I don't have to wear my school shoes everywhere. Once I almost stepped on Hamish's shoes or a might off, and I thought he was going to deck me. Oh my God, yeah, really? Yeah, there's a rule. so angry. Rule. <laughs> you, can, you can ask most people. This is like, a, I'm pretty sure this is a known rule that if you step on someone's white crepes, yeah, they, they're, they're like allowed to punch you. Like They're allowed to deck you. I mean, look, look, look. It depends on how bad the steppage is, yeah? If it's like a step yeah. and you left if, no if mark, it, if it, you'll walk another okay, day. No, if you if left no mark, it's okay. But if they intentionally did it to like leave a mark or like... Did you intentionally do it, it, Aaron? No. Who no, no, intentionally no. steps on Bro, someone's shoe? It's just like... You, you know on the TFO like it's a mad mad area so like people people now I think people acknowledge it nowadays more don't try step on that person's white crap man TFL's a wild place I kind of miss it you know what uh, crap means no I can infer crap is like trainers or like yeah I was gonna say sneakers but whenever you say crepes I think of the French crepes so I think it's really funny because I just imagine some crepes sitting on your feet while yeah. you're walking around Americans <laughs> thinking about <laughs> food what a surprise let me live my best life okay we have amazing food guys yeah. I have Panda Express in front of me and I really want to eat it at some point oh my god I fun. miss Panda I don't get Express. Hamish and Panda Express oh my god that place is amazing wait she actually has it raw wait what did you get I got the shrimp honey butter honey garlic shrimp and i got chow mein and steamed rice and i got orange chicken right you got orange chicken yeah orange chicken was a bang i won't lie i think it was sweet fire or something as well sweet fire chili chicken that thing was banging as well so good honestly panics was so good i would have them cater my wedding because what else (laughs) (laughs) like why not wait Um, is panda express a lot sorry Wait, do you eat, do you eat halal non halal food? I don't know. Oh, I don't know how much you in my because of the hot dog comment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you've been wondering since then. You're like, ah, oh, shit, she eat hot dog halal ones or not? But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't eat halal exclusively. That's not something that I was raised with, and it's not very particular. Our my community is not as particular when it comes to eating halal or not. So we kind of just eat whatever. We don't eat pork though. That's still quite a no-no for all Muslims for the most part. But I do think it's interesting. I Now, as I've gotten older, I know some Muslims who eat pork. And I think it's just a wild time because I just can't wrap my head around that. It's like the one thing I really don't get. But I guess what you were saying, you were like, oh, I'd let my kids like possibly have it or let them eat it. I was like, maybe I wouldn't allow it into my house. But if you want to... Yeah, wanna... yeah, okay. What you're saying, I'm I'm, I'm along the same lines already. I know what you're going to say. Do you know what I mean? I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like... I don't know what you mean. Oh, yeah, you may want to explain. Yeah. No, nothing. Just like, if you're going to eat pork... This is... It's just one of those things where I'm like, okay, like, what kind of environment do I want to have or life that I want to live? And I'm like, okay, cool. I can't... I don't want to control my kids. I want my kids to grow up with their own mind. And at the end of the day, I think that if your kid is not killing people, if they're not hurting people, if they're not being accused of 
rape or like something like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like there are some things that I think are just like unbelievable that I'd probably be like, yeah, my kid's a piece of shit. But if you're not doing those things, then I think that like, okay, fine. You can make mistakes in your life or you can make your own decisions. So I'm kind of like, as I know more and more people that make decisions that I would never make, I'm kind of having to be like, what if that were my kid? Like, what would I do about that? But these are the kinds of things that we think about guys. Welcome to adulthood. <laughs> now that they're wondering what we're <laughs> yeah. going to do with our potential kids. We're just getting so old these days, don't we? Yeah, exactly. Like we're these three young people in a podcast and we're talking about how we're going to parent our children. Like there's parenting podcasts for this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The thing is, I didn't even expect to go on the tangent I went on today. I'm just like, how, how did I get dragged into this? No, it's okay. I support it. It was cool. Fair content. And and fair stuff to think right. about. Maybe I'll consider raising my kids in a cheap apartment. People are going to be like, oh, he's bare serious now. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, he's got more than just two, two jokes, you know. Uh, that's a pun in itself, but only Aaron will get that joke. Because... I don't know if you're talking about like two, two bars or your degree. Both. That's, that was uh, the pun. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you name your kid what Elon Musk named his kid? What did he name his kid? Oh, that God. fucking like formula. Yeah. Have you not seen it? That AI sign. What? The sign for the what internet. It's like A-E-X for X. Hamish, I'm going to copy and paste in the chat. This is what he named. Raw, that's mad. Like that. Oh, that's sick. Which that, no, that's, that's sick. not sick. Don't support this behavior. Do you want your child to get bullied? <laughs> Do you want your child to be nameless? Because that's not our name. Technically, this isn't my real name, but you know, who's gonna, who's gonna say? What is your real name? You should know if you remember from uni. Yeah, so I guess since we've been traveling a lot through our topics now, um, let's travel into another one <laughs> and land and discover which like countries have you been traveling to? What's your best experiences, bad experiences, and so on? You said Russell's, um, London, I guess, and across us yeah but i don't think i've traveled as much as the us as i probably should have by now as an adult because i think living in london just meant that i moved like there and traveled a bit of europe i think i so my preference in traveling in general has always been to like live in the place that i'm at which isn't is a massive privilege i acknowledge that but usually i end up getting to do like longer stays in particular countries or cities which i appreciate because that lets me just immerse myself into the culture a lot more i think one of the favorite places i've lived in terms of that is jordan so i spent quite a bit of time like four to five months in the middle east there uh i was exclusively studying arabic for the most part and then kind of just living my life i wanted to volunteer and intern in one of the refugee camps but there is kind of this ethical dilemma that i had which was we like volunteerism is a really big conversation and that's what I would have been going into which is when you go and volunteer and you say you're doing it to benefit a marginalized group but in reality it's kind of just self-serving and especially because I was there for such a limited amount of time normally I would teach English as a second language that's like something I'm qualified for um, and I do it quite a bit like professionally if I want to make money on the side or just want to volunteer so I could have done that in one of the camps but I chose not to because of that ethical dilemma of like I'm going to be leaving in three to four months these people have, are displaced and like need consistency in their life let me not just go in there and be self-serving. So I ended up just hanging out in Jordan for the four months instead of volunteering after I like kind of came to that realization. And living there is like by far the coolest thing I've ever gotten to do because I got that was the first time. This was um, right after I graduated uni. So I graduated uni a semester early. And so from January to May, and then May would be my actual college graduation. I had like months off pretty much. And so I asked my parents if I could just go to Jordan and study Arabic. And I booked like a one-way flight there. And while I was there, that was my first time that I was truly interacting with people that weren't American. And boy, was that a slap in the face because that's the first time I realized that Americans aren't the center of the universe, you know? <laughs> uh, believe it or not, you have to learn that sometimes. Really quickly, is Jordan a country? Is Jordan a city and a place? Where, like, where, where is Jordan? For some of us on Colton Swan. No, no, you're fine. Jordan is, it borders 
Saudi Arabia, Syria, Lebanon, and Palestine or Israel. And Mm -hmm. it is very close to Saudi Arabia. So when I was there, the Syrian war was going on. And so you have the war raging in the north. You have to the west you have Israel and Palestine, that border. And to the south, you have Saudi Arabia. So it's kind of like smack in the middle. But it is by far the most stable country in the Middle East. Like their government and the Hashemite monarchy, which is still in power, has done a really good job of trying to keep very good relations in the region so that they stay stable and they have really controlled the borders. They control a lot of extremism. That's If it crops up in the country, they manage it very closely. So when I was debating whether to go to Morocco or Jordan, I chose Jordan. And I originally wanted to go to Egypt. Egypt's like the dream to get to study Arabic in. But yeah, I didn't get to go because it's quite unstable there. So Jordan's like the one you end up going to. Were you affected by any of like the wars going around there? No, like I said, it's really, really safe. Like they have done a really good job of closing off all the borders. And they, they've closed it off. So you can't cross from certain sides. But I will say that like one thing that happened while I was in Jordan was the Muslim ban. So when I was in Jordan, Trump came out with that list of countries that he deemed could not get visas anymore to America. Jordan was not on the list. But because I was brown, I'm brown, and flying in from the Middle East, um, my parents were like really worried about me not being able to get back into the country, even though I have a US passport and stuff. But just because you don't know with Trump's administration, what they're going to do. So um, my parents got really worried. So that happened while I was abroad. So actually, it wasn't international issues that I was having. It was my own like domestic issues that were impacting me while I was abroad. Classic. I know, sad American life now. But yeah, I think Jordan was like really interesting. It really shaped me as a person because at that point I didn't know that I was going to move to London. And so I was quite American in that way where I was kind of like, oh yeah, like I've only ever lived in one country, which is the US. This was the second country that I'd ever fully lived in. And one of my flatmates, I was randomly, I booked housing through the Arabic school. So one of my flatmates turned out to be this French She's French, but she's like half Lebanese from her mom's side, but she's born and raised in the south of France. And so she and I became roommates and she was probably like four to five years older and she's amazing. Her name was Morjan and she scared the shit out of me because she was one of those people that would call me out on my American shit. Like I'll never forget one time. I would never do this now, disclaimer, but it was like 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. And I was going to go on a road trip at like around 12 or 1 to go to like um, Petra and like all these other like big UNESCO heritage sites with like the tour group or whatever. And so she would come visit me during my classes, which would be at like 10 in the morning or whatever. So she came to visit me during my break of the classes and I was eating Doritos because that's what I was going to take with me on the trip. And they're like sweet and chili Doritos, like the ones that are like really like really like they have a lot of spice to them and a lot of flavor to them and they're kind of gross. But um, basically I was eating those and they like smell quite strongly. So she was like, she came up to me and she's like, you bloody Americans, like all you guys do is eat these disgusting things like so early in the morning. Have you no sense of like food and time? Like, and I was like, Marjan, like, what are you talking about? Like, it's just, they're just chips. Like what's wrong? And she was like, no, like you eat chips before, you know, when you're watching a movie in the evening or like as a snack, like you don't eat it for breakfast. Like what is wrong with you? And that was the first time that I was like, yeah, it was 10 in the morning and I'm eating these chips these stinky now I look back and I'm like that's disgusting like ew but like in America we have no concept of food like food for us is just you eat it whenever you want like it's just it's not a big deal mindless animals yeah I know I can't even deny it we are we really really are too grimy to understand grimy <laughs> but yeah no that's not nasty wait grimy here doesn't mean like nasty like that oh it does it means like it mean? I hate to refer to it like this but it means like get all like a certain type of cultured music like grime music it's like what Oh, oh, you're referring to like kind the music of, genre. Yeah, but like we still say that's grimy, like it's kind of related to that. But do you never use grimy to mean like gross? Yeah. Aaron did. I, I only learned about it when Aaron said it. I never actually knew about it at uni until Aaron said, that, um, Kelsey is grimy. I'm like, no, it's not. 
I've never heard a single grime track there in my life. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and, and then he's like, no, no, no. He means that like, it's just sticky. Like, it's nasty. It's gross. Um, yeah, that's actually, yeah. Um, okay, cool. Didn't realize that there are two interpretations. Fully. Are we, uh, are we getting into this tits versus titties thing? Oh, my God. Reload it. Reload it. Let's just ask the question. What was the question that Noreen asked here that after that game night that was, what would we say? A hubbub. Outroar. Outroar. Outrage. Outrage. Uproar? Outrage. Oh, yeah. That, those, yeah I those don't know if it was that deep. Yeah, those two. <laughs> <laughs> That's Wait, why I don't know. Trying to make it sound dramatic. What's hubbub? Hubbub. Yeah. You know, what's all the hubbub, bub? Don't say that. Mm, I don't know. I think that's it. That's the southern hospitality slash like southern charm coming out, which is just. I'll say what's all the kerfuffle about. Yeah, kerfuffle. Like that. Yeah. yeah, so basically what happened was Noreen had a question and this was to determine if you're a psychopath or not. It and the answer you choose um, was very detrimental and obviously well, one of us The question us. wasn't asked with that we didn't know anything about a psychopath in the first place. Oh, yeah, yeah. She just said that um, which one would you choose? She gave us... The, okay, do you want us to ask the question? Okay, and then okay. we'll all break right. it down. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this is ladies. You can have your say in this too. You can also be psychopathic. But um, <laughs> here we are in the club and the music is playing and you see, in this case, you see a lady you like or you see a man's you like. In this case, it is a lady because it's a sentence with a question. So you see a lady you like across the club and you shimmy on over there and you lean in real close because the music's really loud and you're going to lean in to her ear or his, oh, sorry, his ear. No, her ear. It's her ear. Her there, ear. you say there. There, thank you. Their ear and say, hey, little mama, let me whisper in your ear. And then you ask, or then you say, I like your blank. Now we can choose tits or we can choose titties. And I think we all know, everyone knows, as you're hearing this, your brain already knows what it's leaning towards. Okay? Because there are social and political and economic circumstances attached to each word between those two. So... What's it going to be? Hamish and Eric. Can I say the scenario she would pitch this under was way, way different. She <laughs> she made this magical scenario at once. So the whole backstory was that me, thing, and Aaron, me or Aaron are in a club. And oh, remember, Aaron, this was the key part. This is the part that still triggered me today. She said, imagine you're, imagine you're actually hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> okay. okay. She's like, imagine you're actually hot. <laughs> you know, I, I forgot all about that. But now you've reopened a wound. Like it's funny, but raw. Like I rate myself a little bit, but raw. Like <laughs> you know, Hamish has been thinking that about that every day since. <laughs> He's messaged me about it. He messaged me two days ago about this, and I forgot about it again because it's not that deep. But he brought it up again, so clearly. <laughs> no, I'm bringing up the entire scenario because for context, because otherwise it's an inside joke that no one's gonna get. So tell so me, she was would that saying, have changed your opinion if you were hotter? <laughs> yeah. no, no. You're you saying the scenario where we're in the Confidence. club and we're going to approach a lady and anyone knows me and Aaron, those two, the, the possibility of these things happening is already low to minimal to none, maybe. It depends. It depends on the person. Oh, wait, Aaron, uh, what? Is this a game plan for you? Is, have I given you inspiration? Aaron, is that you're moving, yeah? <laughs> no, no. I, I asked you at the time as well. Like, if it was someone completely random, yeah, I agree. Likelihood is if I, I probably wouldn't talk to him. But if it was someone I knew and I was like already kind of chaps and I might like go up to them. Yeah, that's fair. I think, okay, so just massive disclaimer, if this does, if anyone's listening to this, 
I mean, I wouldn't say what you were saying, but... You still wouldn't say it? Hey, little baby, let me whisper in you. Hey, little mama. Hey, little mama. Hey, little mama. Okay. Um, key word there. Don't yeah, Aaron chose tits. I chose titties. And yeah, Noreen, give us your analysis on what, what went down. Disclaimer first. No man... Sh- I'm, I'm really grateful. <laughs> any scenario that I've pitched... The- like, any group of people I've pitched this scenario to has had the brain and the decency, at least to say to me, that they would never do this. And for that, I applaud you whoever you were. And these two also said the same thing, which I guess they get claps for that. But I think Hamish was just upset about being like told that he wasn't hot. So, but claps for that. So, (laughs) but, but I think if you say, my thing is, if we're going to, I think tits is such an aggressive word that it really like grosses me out altogether where I'm like, this is just really like aggressive, like chill, chill out. Like, yeah, they're there. Like, there's no need for this. Like, obviousness to them but if a guy came up to me and said titties i'd be like haha titties like it's something that i can get on board with because it's jokes like it's, it's got a good vibe to it granted if a guy did that said that to me in a club i would slap him and probably what did you say step on his shirt crepes 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 yeah. step on his crepes if you're wearing away. nice crepes to a club like you're a baller yeah well i only attract ballers now don't i no i'm kidding um <laughs> this is me throwing Raw. myself under the bus um and the type of guy that would say that is definitely wearing some night crabs exactly yeah honestly like he's probably got a little bit of confidence to do this even if he's ugly amish take what the <laughs> if you want to get around it make sure you cleaned your crepes uh. and you're wearing your nicest pair of shoes to the club and you can get away with this um no but actually you shouldn't be saying this to anybody but i think it's just the level of like ugh, like aggression that comes with it and like really it comes off as very like toxic masculinity i think it's in my head because i feel i've heard so many guys say the word tits like that and it's just such a gross word and then when i hear the word titties it's just something that i think I've used with my own girlfriends or we'll joke about it. Tree being the girlfriend that I probably use it with the most. And so um, I think it just determines a level of toxic masculinity in the man. So Aaron, talk to us. You chose tits. Tell us why. What shaped you? What happened? We got through. Hey, this is my argument. Yeah. I said like in that scenario where we're under the assumption I've said, hey, little mama already. Now in that sentence, tits doesn't fit in my opinion. Like if I if if I'm the type of person that would say, "Hey, little mama, let me see you," that tits does not exist. It is titties. But on a normal day, if you were like, "Okay, give me some, give me some other words for like boobs," I would say tits before titties. Really? I might I might not even think of titties. titties. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I I don't blame you for that. It because- wouldn't be in my head. Yeah, 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 I agree. Because I think the word that, like, the first, I hate saying the first T word, to be honest. It, like, grosses me out. So, like, saying the first T word is really, like, it's how most of the time I feel like people are referencing the T word. I feel like. Yeah, I wouldn't say it anyway. Yeah, we should, like, none of us should be saying it. Anyone listening to this, get that out of voca- your vocabulary. It's gross. This is a hypothetical, yeah. So just calm this, down. Yeah, this is like it's never happened to me. It's probably never happened to you. It's never going to happen. And if it happens, you should alert, like alert the police. Like in my professional opinion, that person needs to be out of the club. But no, I think it's a really interesting thing because it's just it's something that I think it ties for me. It just ties into the fact that like men don't obviously don't do this kind of stuff, but it's just how I as a woman prefer to hear about those sorts of things or like being able to joke around with somebody about this kind of stuff. I do think there's like a level, I'm sure there are some like certain kinds of feminists that would be like, Oh my God, I can't believe you're saying this. And I'm a kind of feminist that's kind of like, listen, like I'm not trying to um, objectify anyone's body, but my own, I guess as a woman. And 
I'm also objectifying it within my realm of grounds, right? Which is like a joke. It's not actually going to happen. And if a woman said it happened to her, I would probably go like trash the guy who did do that anyway. So this is not at all applicable in real life. See, Aaron, be shook, mate. Be shook. <laughs> no, no, it, to me, I'd, I'd still, I still back, I still back what I said. <laughs> like, yeah. Tiddy sounds like just a bit babyish to me. It sounds a bit childish. Yeah, no, but what but... she's trying to say is that it sounds more playful than tits. Tits is like aggressive, is what she's. But also, to... I said as well, like there's this thing in Little Britain back in the day where they said uh, titties, and I was like really young at the time, and that really threw me off that kind of term. Really, why? I think I remember watching that scene, and then like my mum or my dad walked in, and it was just really like, and I was really young as well at the time, and it's like kind of scarred me. Yeah, probably. I can see that. No, I think, and I mean, I guess if you have that affiliation, then you'd want to go with the other one. But I think it's just such an interesting thing to talk to dudes about this. And it's, you know what, it's interesting from start to finish. Because last, like I said, like, the first time I ever said this in front of guys or pitched the scenario to guys, it was so interesting. One, to watch them squirm because they were like, ah, shit, like, this girl's asking us something. And we don't know how, what's the right way to answer. How do you answer this? And then the second bit is just, it's in, that's why I told you guys earlier. I was like, you guys are by far some of the most progressive guys I know in terms of not being sexist. And I've never heard you guys after being on this, like, games night with you guys for at least a month or now um at least like four times it's evident to me that you guys are not misogynistic because you guys have never made a joke about women or at a woman's expense because she's a woman if that makes any sense it's really refreshing because in my world you don't get that i feel like i've only ever grown up with guys who fully see women as like too feminine or incapable of certain things or just like completely have put them in a box and so to be around dudes like you guys who are kind of like, wait, there's something wrong with this scenario. Like I fully think if I asked my American version of brown boys, this scenario, they would like easily like rapid fire, give me their answers. And I would just be like, wow, you failed at this miserably. <laughs> so uncomfortable. Well, I was curious with this hypothetical scenario, why didn't you ask it with, I guess, boobs versus boobies? Like, what, what was the difference? Like, you know, that's a great question. What would your answer be? Hamish? No, as in I'm asking you, cause I'm confused. Like, I, you know, in I my think, head, I was like, what? Is it because the <laughs> word kind of like starts with B and ends with B? It sounds a lot softer. Like it comes a lot softer off your tongue, I guess. You know, that's a great question. I'm going to add this in as a, as a second question. A, a Do you know what? B. Tits is the kind of word where you expect a full stop after it. So that's where it sounds. You know, like when you get a text and they're like, okay, full stop. They're like, tits, it's like sounds aggressive. Stop. Yeah. With a, when, you, when you text someone and you add a full stop in, it's aggressive. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But with boobies, it's like boobies. Call? Like tits is one of those words. Boobs. I. It's so funny. It's not legitimate, guys, at all. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a psycho. Yeah, you see the T. Yeah, T is like T is like a very sharp letter. Like I agree. If you think about it, in, especially in the word tits or T's, it's a very sharp letter. But B isn't really a, like a sharp letter. It comes off like a. Aaron, what do we call it when we're trying to like um, edit plosive. it out? Yeah, the plosive. Yeah, it's like a plosive one. So yeah, it's it got... also if you like literally write a B, it's round, and T is just two lines. I just need to like are we done? <laughs> so like shape <laughs> shape wise, it's literally sharp. <laughs> I I actually think there is some science behind that. You know, Guys, I think I remember the scenario why this came out the way it did and it's because Shri and I were wearing low-cut dresses to that dinner it was Ishan's birthday dinner and so she and that was the first time actually that was the first time she and I were meeting ever we'd only heard of each other up, up, up until that point 
So we get to this birthday dinner. And I think we were wearing low cut dresses. And so we were turning to each other. And in a moment of solidarity of women, we were like, oh, let me know if like my, my titties are falling out or my tits are falling out. Like that's something I think women do say to each other. Like, you know, if you're wearing something that's a bit low cut or if you just are at risk of anything, you will say that to your girlfriend and be like, oh, just like keep an eye out um, in case it's like give me a signal or something. So I think that's where it started from. And then we both really got excited about the word titties. And then came up with like, ah, oh, how much better is titties than tits? And like, ah, I would much rather I say that. And then like, it exploded into this whole scenario. <laughs> um, I, I can imagine the poll for the midweek promo being tits or titties. I know I'm going to listen back to this and I'm going to cringe at me saying those words. I, I'm and disturbed. Like, oh, Guys, I'm not employed right now. My future job opportunities are shot. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm totally done right now. Oh, there has to be a way to. I don't know. Sound I feel like this. titties just isn't in my vocabulary. Oh, it shouldn't song be. By, is it? It's just a word. Wait, 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 wait. Pause. Is like, tits in your vocabulary? I mean, it's not. It's not like it's like it's in my vocabulary. And is in. I know it's a word that exists. Yeah. Like I hear people say it a lot, or not a lot. That's no. I don't hear people say it a lot, but I hear people say that more than I do hear people say titties. Hmm. That's true. That's so it's true. like. It just registers more as a word. Like I, I swear, people just say chest more than like, chest. I don't know. Like I, I don't think it, people I think, say that. I think this is a British thing. Hey, little mama, let me see you. I like your chest. People do say no, that, no, but I don't, I don't know. know. I like it because it's gender neutral. Hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> mm, could be, could not be. Titties can be gender. I mean, what's neutral. that song? I think it's called. The song is called Literally Mama, but I don't know what's like who's sung. But is it Jonas Blue? I don't know who sings it. It's not, you're gonna have to sing it a bit. I don't. I don't remember. I'm singing. A, I'm accidentally singing a second song in my head at the same time. Let me just Google it. it? No. Aaron, Aaron, can you sing a country song again? Baby, lock the door and turn <laughs> them lights down low. <laughs> it's the best thing. Best thing. I could see myself going to a girl in a club and whispering that in her ear more than I okay, can. Okay, so let's 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 live the scenario. Yeah, I want you to whisper that. That was a bit of a joke as well. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's see it through, man. No, this is not the time for jokes. Like, this is the time to get it. I know y'all have been stuck in the friend zone. No, no. You have to do oh. it with a deep voice. How can you whisper a deep voice? Listen, son. That's not my job. Mark gigs. Baby, look. I don't even know if that would be, like, audible. Audible, yeah. It was really... It was, it was funny watching you, like... No, no, Aaron, in your defense, I have a scenario where you could potentially, you know, walk up and say, hey, mama, whatever. It's the song literally called Mama by Jonas. I mean, Blue. it's not happening. I'm not. Yeah, I'm I know. I know. I'm that. saying if you have to justify yourself, is the lyrics in there are literally, hey, I'm not going to sing it. I'm it's hey, little mama, let me whisper in your ear. Is it? It's ba- you, I based off of a song. First of all, there's flaws in this because if you're in a club, you're not whispering. Well, yeah, if you, that's the point. You get so Unrealistic close. scenarios. I was, that's what I was telling them. They were making unrealistic scenarios. But it's still not going to be a whisper. Gentlemen, gentlemen, you may not know how this works. When you like a lady, <laughs> you get real close and you you aim into the ear canal. And so you can whisper if you're close enough. Duh. That's the point. That was a mad sentence. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's too many words. I know. I'm a loquacious no. human. It's fine. But no, I think I am happy that y'all played along. I'm sorry that Aaron was deemed a psychopath in the midst of all of it. 
and now that I know him better, ladies, I am vouching for him. He's not a psychopath. You're more worried about Hamish and <laughs> his you. council house and <laughs> limited vacation <laughs> packages. <laughs> I'm more concerned at this point about that. Everyone's all right. Uh-huh. Otherwise, I'm great. I guess we're finally questioning ourselves so we can finally, you know, start closing off this episode <laughs> instead of turning into a more psychopathic um, turn. So, yeah, I guess I'll start off with the final questions. We have three final questions we ask every guest. The first two vary from guest to guest, and the third one's always the same. So the first one is, what is one song or album you listen to forever or during lockdown? So I think I'm going to cheat and say two, because one's not a real album, and the second one is a real I'm album. I'm going to cheat. What part of one don't you get? I don't get anything. You know why? Because we're Americans. We don't let's take rules very well. I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, so... Because the first one's not a real album. You can't even find it anymore. It's really difficult to find. It's Frank Ocean's Nostalgia Ultra, or Nostalgia Reloaded. I think it's Nostalgia Ultra. It's an album where he basically samples. He samples all these um, different tracks. So like Coldplay's music, MGMT, all these like really popular songs by different artists. He samples their music and then writes over the lyrics for them and then mixes them up a little bit and it's such it is such a nostalgic album like I remember listening to it my sophomore year of college for the very first time and that was it was just so transformative I don't know why and I anytime I'm like kind of sad or whatever I'll go listen to that album and it just it gently takes you back in time without making you feel shit about where you are right now, which is great because nostalgia, I feel like, can be really painful. But for someone like me who moves around a lot and is constantly around different types of people, I try, I get really nostalgic. So it's a nice way to have something keeping you company while you're experiencing that. And the second album that's an actual album that I really love is Khalid's American Teen, the album American Teen which is another okay. nostalgia-y album, but a little more like relevant because it's like the perfect driving song. It's like the perfect album to listen to when you're like on the highway. Yeah, second question is, what's the worst rejection you have ever received or got? Okay. It's mad because you chose one of the brave questions, you know? Not a lot of, a lot of people pick these questions. So this is a specific category. I feel like it's because I have no shame. It's because I'm shameless, pretty much. I just spoke to you guys about tits and titties for ages, like... I think that was worse um, than having to expose my worst rejection. But um, I had a crush on a dude and I wanted him to ask me to prom. And like prom in America, like senior year of high school is like a big deal. Like you want to have a date, you want to get a corsage, which is like the thing you get on your wrist, like a flower or whatever. It's like a big, big, big deal. And so I was really thirsty for a date because all my friends had dates and I wanted a date. So there was one other brown boy in band, my high school marching band. He was, I'm not going to name him because people know him um, in my life. If they ever listen to this, they'll know who I'm talking about. So I really... Can we call him Zayn Malik? Yeah, okay, go on. So, oh God, that would have been a dream if I got Zayn Malik to ask me to prom. I would have cried. Okay, anyway, he probably would have said no too, to be honest. But when I, I like asked all my friends to be like, oh, like, can you ask him to like... Or can you let him know that I want him to ask me and like, oh my God, I would like, you know, that would make my life because then I'd have a date to prom and I'd be like all the couple photos, I'd have a prom date. And they did, they went and asked him and he said, no, I'm not asking Noreen. And I was heartbroken after that. It was sad days. And I just took it like a champ. You know why? Because I went to prom anyway and I looked like a boss ass. Oh, sick. (laughs) But yeah. From rejection. You could have tweeted Zayn Malik just being like, hey, if I get 1,000 retweets, 1 million retweets, I've seen people do that, especially with like prom. Like people just DM them or tweet them and be like, hey, if I get, how many likes do I need to get 
for you to come to prom with me. Yeah. And then sometimes they've actually responded. Maybe. I should have. When I met One Direction, because I met them twice, uh, the first time I met them, I asked Harry Styles. As in you met them like person face to face? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. So the first one time I met them, it was like in like a, call it like a autograph line or whatever, where they like signed the yeah, CDs. Yeah. So I was going down all of them and Harry Styles was there and I like went up to him and I was like, hey, would you watch the Hunger Games movie with me tonight? And he was like, yeah, babe, of course. And like, of course, like he's chatting shit. But I was like, ah, like, holy shit. He spoke to oh, me. Man. He spoke to me. Yeah, but w- what he said to you was a lie. Listen, it's so much more important to have these kind people be kind to you. He was just being English and just being kind. I didn't know him well enough to him to be dark and twisted and be like, never with your crusty ass. Like we weren't at that level. You know, I actually really like his new music, like his new stuff since he's left, uh, yeah, left One Direction. Uh, Harry Styles. Oh, Oh, lost interest. No, he's a really (laughs) lovely, lovely, um, artist. I think he's like, he's genuinely somebody who I see as like an artist, not just like a musician or a singer. He's like, an artist Mm -hmm. when it comes to his work so i asked him and then when i met them the second time i asked him again i was like hey harry like have you ever seen hunger games and he was like oh like i remember and then they were like oh no we still haven't watched it yet and that's my claim to fame did you really yeah because that second time i met them like i met them a year or two later a year and a half or a year later and that time i was i'd gotten guys i'm really pathetic i bought like vip tickets like the vip tickets so you got to like take a photo with them yeah i was that kid about One Direction. To be fair, Harry's gone mass. Like I already quite rated him, like his music wise. But for him to remember that you asked him, considering they're people who would be meeting millions of people like a year. No, yeah. Kind of so stuff. don't get me wrong. I'm pretty sure he shagged me twice. <laughs> once by saying that he would be at this movie, <laughs> and twice saying that he remembered me. But I, that is my claim to fame. Oh wait. So when you asked a question, did you say, "Do you remember me"? No, I said, yeah, I said, do you remember, Harry? I asked you to watch The Hunger Games. And then they were like, oh, oh okay, yeah. That, that's not that impressive. It's not that impressive. Oh, the I'm whole thing is not impressive. I take back what Holy I said. Shit. Holy shit. I, no. I thought you literally said, do you want to watch Hunger Games? The second time. Part two. And then he was like, oh, yeah, I remember you asked me two years ago. No, no, like, no, Without no, you no. saying anything. No, so I am not that memorable, oh. people. Like, we, we've gone through my life story at this point, and it's not Aaron's that Aaron's broken right there. Aaron's heart, he thought, like, yeah, Harry's Yeah, I actually, I actually is a bit gassed for you. <laughs> I, I, was, I was quite happy, though. If I ever meet him a third time, I'll... Yeah, yeah, I'll... don't mention it. <laughs> okay. Also ask him if he'll say tits it. or titties. Okay, can't forget that. Make sure. He would, you know what he would say, and that was such a British word that I'd ever learned for the first time. He would say the word mammaries. What? Mammaries. Yeah. Is that not a British thing? What? Yeah, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> I mean, what word is it? It's just like a posh British thing. Is it? Oh, that makes sense. Why? I've never heard this. He would say that. And I remember yeah. like a high school Noreen was like, what's a memory? Apparently Maroon 5 have a song called... Oh, no. That's, that's called Memories. Misspelled. Yeah, someone just misspelled it on YouTube. <laughs> Dude, fuck that. Cool. Let's, let's move on to the third question. <laughs> oh, there's a third? Basically, what is... Your most memorable third wheeling experience, if any. And this doesn't mean something on the podcast. It means like when you've been a third wheel to a couple or when someone's been third wheeling you, when you've been out as a couple. Mm. Does it count as third wheeling if they weren't together yet? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like I have two, my best friend who I love to pieces and she and this guy. Okay. So actually, let me take a step back. In uni, I became friends with this guy and he was just a good friend of mine. Like there was absolutely nothing going on there. Like can't even joke about that like we were just really good friends and we would hang out all the time 
And so my uni has two campuses and they're like an hour apart. And I made the mistake once of telling him and her, my other best friend, um, at this point, I was friends with both of them. And whenever they were around each other, they were just constantly fighting and bickering. And it was so annoying because it was so difficult to have a conversation because they were clearly into each other. And that was a lot of sexual tension there. So it just, you didn't want to be there. And I made the mistake of being like, hey guys, let's go to the Atlanta campus because it was an hour away at the time. And I was like, oh, let's take this bus and go, like a, a uni bus and stuff. And so we traveled there an hour and then roamed around campus for one or two hours doing whatever and an hour back. And I kid you not, I remember that entire like four or five hour experience being like, they're like, they have, they have sexual tension. Get me out. Like, I don't want to be here. Like clearly you two need to be together. I need to get out of this space. And they were like that couple that was like, ah, we hate each other. Like I can't stand him. Like they've been together five years now or more at this point, maybe seven years. I think they have the seven year anniversary now and they're still together. And then because I didn't know that they were going to get together and this was still early on in uni, pretty much we all third wheeled them really hard because we didn't know there was something going on. And then when they did start dating, we still were not understanding that they are together so we like accidentally would walk in on them sometimes <laughs> um like just like being young being young and innocent right like just like oh like we're together and like you guys are like we were trying to have some private time and here you are and anytime I would have like some sort of emergency I would call her and poor girl would come running across the campus to like be with me and I'd be like what well, I'm sorry like did I stop you from anything she's like yeah it's okay I was just hanging out with my boyfriend but it's fine I'm here now <laughs> it's just like I'm really sorry so yeah that poor couple bless them oh, that's unfortunate for them but good that they're together because of you so they After should be that. grateful well thank done. you I had an Instagram battle with one of my other best friends who claims that she got them together and so she and I agreed and so we had a back and forth for a little while on Instagram during quarantine. And now we've determined that she has 50% credit for getting them together and I have 50% credit. And then they, the couple asked if they were getting any credit and we told them kindly no. So yeah, I am 50% responsible for them. Well, on this, nice. it's going to make it sound like you're 100% responsible. So well done on that argument. You just fucked it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. No, they're, they're not going to listen. I don't think they're going to finish it by the end. They're going to be like, we hear annoying talking about all this stuff on a regular basis anyway. <laughs> we don't need to finish this episode. <laughs> And then next bit is just like, if there's anyone you think would be good to come on the third wheel. Yeah. Okay. So there's one friend of mine named Hannah. She is young and British and she's kind of cool. And she's kind of different than I feel like your other guests because she's a little bit younger, but also like she has bands and she's very into like the social media scene. So just be really cool to chat with someone who like. Different from all our other guests there. She has (laughs) bands. So, um, yeah, Bants, they all got Bants, but she's got extra Bants. But, uh, yeah, she's cool. I think Hannah should come on the show. I already told her this morning, I was chatting on the phone with her, and I was like, Hannah, I'm going to shout you out. So she, she'd be cool. And I think my little sister would be cool to chat with. She is 19, and she's also just really different. Like, her entire life experience has been so different from mine, even though we've grown up in the same household. And I think she's, like, a TikToker person. Not She's not right. famous. She's not TikTok famous. But girls on TikTok, like she'll know what's going on with the social medias and what the youths are up to. So if you ever want to chat with somebody that's just a little more interesting than me, hit up (laughs) my sister Zara. (laughs) Cool, cool. We'll we'll, uh, reach out to both of them. So the next section is a shout out. So where you get to shout out like either something on social media, a song or so on. I usually do a song. So yeah. Ooh. Okay. Um, I conveniently have this in front of me and I'm reading it right now. I'm going to shout out a book because I have no life other than being an academic. So 
<laughs> it's this book called Invisible Women by Caroline Perez. And it's basically, I'm re- it's right in front of me, so I'm reading the top of it, but it's exposing data bias in a world designed for men. And it's, it's not a book, like I know I, I already stated here that I'm a feminist, we'll know that, but it's not a book that's like about man hating. It's genuinely just about what our data shows us about women, their experience in the world. And, and that's it. Like that's as far as it goes. It's not about men have done this or whatever. It's just about here's what, where women are at. So I think everyone should read that. Yeah, awesome. I don't, I don't really have, I don't have much to shout out. Do you want a shout out by the way? I was going to say, you could say Yash's articles, most recent one. Uh, no, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Such a terrible friend. No, no, no. Michelle, that was that was a joke. That was a joke. That was sarcasm. Hopefully, was but it? I think I said that a bit too seriously. Uh, no, I'll, I'll shout it out. Shout out Yash's articles. Uh, Yashasmanumbai.co.uk. My shout is going to be well. It was going to be Yash's article, but we added it into Aaron's one. Yeah. Then it's going to be two songs. One is from AJ Tracy's Secure the Bag, which is called Your Team, featuring Six Seven, and the second one is. M. Honcho Birds from the Utopia album. Go listen to it, both bangers. Yeah. These days I cool. just keep shouting out the same rough artists because that's all I listen to these days. Yeah, cool. Thank thank you uh so much, Noreen, for coming on. Thanks thank you. guys. Thanks for having me. Hope uh yeah. Hope people have enjoyed it and we haven't uh We usually just spoke about a load of random stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there was no cohesion in anything that we talked about, but honestly, people, that's just me as a person and just live your best life this is me living my best life yeah and we we've i guess become friends through games night so come to games night you never know you could meet people like noreen ourselves <laughs> that would discourage them. i know i was like i don't think that's the best promo material man maybe yeah. not yes come join that uh go check out all our socials social media wherever tell everyone we're on itunes spotify google Podcasts, everywhere youtube as well so yeah go check us out and Hope everyone enjoyed the episode and we'll speak to you next week. Bye. 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 Stay safe.